Here, we gotta run this over to Dave, though. Hey, David. Are yeah, you rolling? We are rolling now. Okay, copy that. Andrew's gonna bust open this. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. This here, bottle. Come. You might as well come in and and, and uh, join us. Can you hear me in the microphone? Hello, hello, hello. I. Beautiful. This is how we doing. Did you hear me when I said, "Can you hear me?" Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't listening. Sorta, no. I'm not sure. It's not a trick question. I just wanted to make sure my theory was working of turning the mic off that way. Let's uh. Who's 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 on camera right now? Perfect. All right. All right. We're going again and uh, genuine and interesting. Absolutely. Method act. 100%. There you go. All right. Hey. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Sean, thanks for being the first uh, first guest on the first cast. I am Sick. honored. Honored to be part of this the butcher campaign. Uh, going again. Chapter. <laughs> um, uh, love it. I, I'm truly honored. Yeah. You, you guys to me are like family. Oh, well. Ditto. Yeah, like yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. So, Sean, you were saying. So, do you want me to go back? Yeah, start okay. over. Yeah, show. well, hold on, hold so, on, hold on. This is Sean Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, there's no need for me to give you an introduction. This uh, conversation is going to be insane. So, just uh, start. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, like like you said, <clears throat> you got my name right this time. Uh, it's uh, Sean Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm a 55 year old male. Live in Toronto. Um, born in Toronto. Uh, grew up all over the world. Um, I am married. Uh, second time around. Uh, second time I did it right. I have uh, three beautiful girls with my uh, uh, ex-wife. Uh, God bless her. They're good girls, and uh, I have a beautiful wife, Catherine, with uh, uh, twin six-year-old boys, uh, which is kind of uh, fluky because they're not identical, but I'm an identical twin, and uh, five minutes older than my twin brother. And uh, yeah, one I named Godzilla, and the other one Rodan. Sweet. Great names. Yeah. <laughs> Great names. So you yeah. lived in Japan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah. Did you guys Pull hear that about the assassination? Uh, yeah, bring this in. Bring it in, yeah. You yeah. guys hear about that assassination uh, this morning? Uh, uh, with with, uh, with uh, oh, a, yeah. Jap- a Japanese uh, ex-president uh, uh, <clears throat> or prime minister? Yeah, yeah. Shot yeah. the neck. Yeah, with, uh, Crazy. with a ghost gun. Somebody made the gun. Yes. I read that it was by a veteran of the defense team. At the time, or something I, like I that. Don't know, but that's crazy. Just going uh, a little bit off, uh, off kilter. Oh, no, doesn't like that to, doesn't matter? I would like to start no. a conspiracy. I think it was Yokozuna. <laughs> okay, that could be from a mo- from a from a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what happened. So going back to uh, uh, my uh, my family. Past, so yeah, my family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Costa and Leo, um, Greek names: Constantinos and Leonidas. My wife's Greek. And uh, the whole thing that uh, when I married my wife, I had to convert to uh, Greek Orthodox. Okay, right. So I actually had uh, one of my uh, ex-teammates and a really good friend of mine up to this day uh, uh, baptize me when I was an adult in a church with... Uh, yeah, wild. With uh, Different. 
a tight-looking bathing suit, uh, like Nekapuchi bag biters. Like it's Sweet. You have pictures? He had to, he had to, oh, yeah. It's on video. He had to grease me up. And people can't tell right now how good you smell. But all that, anyway, it's good. Yeah, so he had uh, olive oil all over me. And, uh, you know, looking up from the, the bottom there with his uh, nice eyes, you know, greasing me up. He says, uh, you better not tell anybody, brother. <laughs> He's okay, like, no, so on video. <laughs> you mentioned team. What kind of team? What, what? So, yeah, so I uh, <clears throat> grew up uh, in another uh, country, which we'll talk about uh, later, and uh, came back here and uh, started a career in uh, policing. Okay. And uh, was a regular beat cop for about uh, three and a half years, almost four. Uh, not, and then I went to a uh, local uh, SWAT team in a, in a very, uh, I, I think it's the busy, one of the busiest SWAT teams in North America. What makes it the busiest? Why? Why do you say that? Toronto. Um, I mean, Toronto, it makes sense. But in North America, we got Chicago and yeah, New York and true. Minneapolis. And The thing which is very unique with, uh, with, uh, with Toronto, uh, which is New York is pretty much the same. And some of them are getting on board with what we do is we do so many things. Uh, it's not just like in the, you know, in the States. A lot of them are hard entries like warrant service, uh, hostage, hostage takings, uh, stuff like that. Uh, where, where a big piece of our pie is... Um, uh, we deal with the uh, the mental ill uh, community, so people that okay. uh, want to commit suicide, want to harm themselves. Um, hmm. uh, we 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 deal with that. Um, so yeah, so I've been doing that for uh, uh, twenty eight years. Now, sorry, this as opposed to another SWAT team or city, is this just something? Uh, sorry, uh, did I miss something? Do, do you do you guys do that on top of? Well, it's part of, it's part of our function, which makes us extremely busy in, in a city as large as ours. The, I see. The, 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 the mental health community uh, is, uh, in my opinion, and I have a lot of opinions. We'll get. <laughs> but to that. I have a lot of experience. <laughs> uh, you know, twenty eight years, a little bit, a tad more than twenty eight years, that dealing with uh, uh, with that community, which, in my opinion, is the most neglected community uh, in our country. The mentally ill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're huh. just not um, treated and uh, the way they should be. That's a shame. It is. It is. Uh, you know, it's funny, you know, having been in the film business for as long as I have been and working with the Toronto bomb techs, yep. it was always a little disconcerting when I asked them if they were busy and they said very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I have that in my pocket too, um, the explosive uh, stuff. Um but yeah, so so I did that, and uh, and uh, yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Uh, now I'm, uh, I will be officially retired from uh, my unit in September, so I'm okay. I'm still on the books. Um, okay. And then uh, and as you guys know, because you guys are awesome, yeah. uh, I moved into another industry, which is the uh, stunt acting industry. Yeah. <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. And then uh, I decided to branch off into straight acting. Awesome. I've seen all and, the audition uh, tapes. Listen, what, who, who's your agent? Uh, Melissa Rock. Shout out Kong for Kong. Melissa Rock. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> people, if you want somebody that's amazing, call Melissa. Ask for Sean. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. No, hey. Um, I was there. I. You know. You know. It's 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 humbling because uh, there's so many great actors that are trying to break, you know, break into the industry, and I'm just starting at uh, late age, but. Uh, I just uh, I love it, and I think uh, it's awesome. And um, and uh, yeah, hoping to get a booking uh, sometime soon, and uh, <laughs> no, that's great. show everybody my craft. Sure, 
uh, my other craft. I mean, I have many, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I'm often so. asked by people if they're too old to start acting, oh. and I tell them to close their eyes, mm. click their heels together three times, and try to imagine anyone they've ever seen in a movie or a television show older than them. Mm -hmm. oh, there you go. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're never too young to, to do anything. Well, right? speaking of too young, why don't we start with Little Shawnee? Oh, okay. Yeah, little Shani. Uh, yeah. So my mom, uh, uh, she passed away uh, uh, in 2001. She was very, very young. But uh, she was an orphan in a, in a church uh, in uh, Cologne, Germany, uh, around World War II. And uh, a young couple uh, that turned out to be my grandparents, they, uh, they were they're concentration camp survivors. And uh, wow. they, they had three, three children. And all three of them were killed in the camps. Um, I'm not sure which one, but uh, they're, they, they passed away as well. So they really kept it to themselves, all that information, other than that they're camp survivors. Um, so uh, my grandmother, she was, um, she was experimented on medically and to prevent her from having more children. So now she, she wants, you know, she's out of the camps and she wants, she wants children. So she went to this church, uh, and her her dad, from what I heard later, was a rabbi. And my mom is not Jewish, Lutheran church. I mean, she, I mean, for all we know, she could be daughter of an SS soldier. We don't know. Uh, but uh, this Lutheran church, uh, they, they welcomed her, and they adopted uh, my mom. And, uh, and uh, they converted her right there. That's why this rabbi was there, so they can take her to uh, Israel. And, uh, and, and, and that's what happened. So they take, wow. they take her to Israel. So this couple that lost their children in the camps yep. adopted your mom. Correct. Yeah. I, I, you know, at, uh, Lutheran church in, in Cologne, I thought it was bond, but I, I clarified it with my, um, with my brother. So I don't just make this uh, shit up. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Cologne, like the Cologne. Yeah. <laughs> it's a city. Mm. I didn't know. Um, yeah. So then they immigrated to, uh, to Israel because back then, uh, Israel opened the floodgates to a lot of people and offered a lot of opportunity and they had nothing so they started there and then shortly after there they uh, moved to Canada and uh, and that's where I came to the picture awesome and, uh, yeah so my mom sad it, it is it, it's, I mean, it's incredibly sad for yeah like, well, you know, I was making a joke when you came into the picture but yeah yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh, oh! I was going the other direction. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I can take both directions you know, <laughs> within reason, right? So, so yeah. So uh, you know, as um, my mom, she had us. Uh, I have a twin brother, like I said. Uh, his name is Daryl, a uh, super cool guy. And I have an older sister. Uh, name is Bridget. And uh, my mom, she. I was hoping that my my sperm donor was Mick Jagger, but uh, turned out to be some dude uh, that I have zero relationship with. Uh, they divorced extremely young. I'm not even going to mention his name because he's not worth it. But uh, my mom was okay. uh, a single mom at, uh, I can say, 20 or 21 with three kids. Wow. So wow. it was very, very tough. But back then, um, we, uh, yeah, she struggled, uh, you know, but she, ma she made it work. She didn't want any uh, child support from him. No, no, no alimony, no nothing. So basically cut the ties and, and that was it. Never saw him again. And um, we lived in a place, um, picture Toronto, like now it's still called the jungle. And this community that's called the jungle is a neighborhood uh, around the um, 
Lawrence Avenue and the Allen Expressway, really close to Yorkdale Mall. Okay. Everybody knows where Yorkdale okay, Mall sure. is. Okay, sure. So this place was called the Jungle, but now it's a different type of community. It's mostly uh, African-Canadian uh, type people. But back then in the 60s, it was, uh, excuse me, it was all indigenous people, hippies, and also African-Canadian. But it was a very, still very poor uh, group of, uh, um, uh, I mean, now it's really expanded a little bit, but... So that's where we lived at the start. And uh, it was really amazing because my mom was a pure hippie. Like I grew up with Neil Young, uh, Melanie, uh, Moody Blues, uh, like all those, you know. You might good have stuff, good taste. Man. It's good it stuff. Is. Yeah. It is. It is. It, you know, especially, you know, compared to the music today. Like that's like sure. oh, those yeah. lyrics are real lyrics. Yeah, right? man. Big time. No offense to new music. I mean, I listen to a lot yeah. of different genres. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we grew up there, and and we were uh, a very poor, um, and um, you know, relying on food banks. But uh, the one thing that was really interesting, because when the three of us, because we were we were all three of us were troublemakers, but I, you know, I ended up being the worst. Like I was the bad kid, and uh, I had a social worker when I was seven years old, six years old. Like children's aid are banging on the door; they want to take me away. Right? Really? Wow. And, and funny enough, I still remember his last name. His last name was Lawrence. No kidding. Yes. Not, it wasn't my uh, named or after like our that. glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So that was, um, uh, yeah. I was just a bad kid, and um, what kind of bad? Well, uh, I remember I you telling me you like to burn shit down. Well, that's something that you belong I, I to a know. gang for real. <laughs> I had a group of guys, and uh, uh, and it's funny that I bumped into one of them really late or recently. I bumped into him at a home show, but there was like three or four of us that we used to hang out, you know, play hooky from school. Sure. And uh, you know, at one time, uh, just an example of some of the stuff that we used to do. And again, like I was grade three, something like that, grade four at most, and. Uh, <clears throat> We'd go to this uh, Dominion. I think back then it was called Dominion Supermarket. Now yeah, it's Dominion. Like, and uh, I'd go in and me and my twin brother, because we identical, like, you know, the two of us walk into the store. And uh, this other guy, I'm not going to mention his name, he's on point watching the doors. And we go in and uh, we're looking, okay, well, what, what am I going to take? What am I going to take this time, right? And it's like school time, right? It's like 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so we go down this aisle and they say, oh, yeah, let, let's... Uh, the the yellow six pack of juicy fruit gum. Uh, let's yeah, go for the best. Let's go for one. that. Let's go for that. So, yeah. so you know, my brother comes and, and it's winter, right? So he's wearing a little uh, jacket. And I says, hey, come here, come here. Come here. So, I, so I take the thing out and uh, I open his jacket. Whoosh, I stuff it in. I said, okay, let's go. So we're at a good pace heading for the doors. The doors open. Out we go. And we think we have it. And then sure as shit, a guy in a white coat looks like a professor. Poof, grabs us, drags us back in, takes us to some office up the stairs, and, uh, <laughs> and call. Juicy fruit. Well, <laughs> I went through that. And uh, my brother's bawling his eyes. I was like, he made me do it. He made me do it. And I'm pointing at my brother. He made me do it. And we're like identical, right? So, they, they, you know, they, they don't know what to do. So they call the local police department. Uh, you know, they come. They kind of scare us. Uh, uh, turns out that, um, which... I knew that my my sperm donor, um, he was a cop in Toronto. Oh, true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he's a traffic man that we don't really call them cops, but yeah. he was a traffic we man. We won't mention okay. that on That's the podcast. Okay. That's okay. 
so he's uh so so he's just you know they called him too and to let him know hey your sons are you know caught stealing and uh he says i'll just take him to 31 scare them a little bit so sure shit they load us in these uh yellow police uh cruiser in the back and they're off we go to 32 they call him i mean i don't even i don't even think he showed up but my mom did and boy back in those days yeah oh yeah, yeah. no doubt back in those days yo, yeah yeah <laughs> you, you got, got a it. bit of a whooping oh. but um you know what it's not that i learned my lesson because i kept doing it um you know i i, I started <laughs> I, I had this fascination of yo-yos you know, back in those days, the oh, authentic yeah. yo-yos. yo-yos and, uh, still, so I went to this yeah, convenience store. For those toy. listening, a yo-yo oh. is a toy attached to a string that you... Everyone knows what a yo-yo is. No, they don't. Really? Yes, they do. To kids today? They got, yeah, they know what a yo-yo is. <laughs> All their is. yo-yos are digital. That may be true, but they know, know what a yo-yo hey, is. Let's create an app with a digital yo-yo on a phone. Ah, okay. That's a trip. We'll get, the, we'll get, we'll get right on that. But back then, they had like, a, it was a big thing back yeah, in it the was. 60s, probably early 70s. With the four uh, diamonds in it. They got that. They had one that was called the Butterfly. Um, it was a, just a, a specific design. Anyways, I went to a convenience store across from the Dominions because they all knew me at that intersection. You know, it comes Sean, the thief, right? So, or is it his brother? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> and sure, you know, sure enough, I saw this yo-yo and I, you know, got to have it, you know, and I go in there, whoop, walk home. And I'm playing with it. I'm so proud of myself. I'm going around the world, walk the dog. I'm doing everything, right? Well, my mom comes home from work. What's that? Uh, uh, uh. It's a yo-yo. It's my new yo-yo. Where'd you get it? Uh, a friend. (laughs) Well, she obviously didn't buy it. Grabs me by the hair. Off we go to the store. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. She made me She made me return it. But uh, Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I just had a little bit she of an issue. She was a good mom. She was a great mom. I, yeah, man. I miss her dearly. But, uh, um, yeah. And the other uh, terrible th- habit that I developed when I was young, I loved playing with fire. I don't know what it is. It's fire, baby. I don't know what it is. So I, do I, but fire. I do it to human beings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it was. The attraction to playing with matches. And back then it was just matches, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll never forget one day. Well, this is the, I can't remember if it was the second house I burnt down or the first one. But, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, couldn't really prove it was me, but because I was the one <laughs> that liked now. to play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a limitations on charges yeah, sure. that you can do. Okay. So I had like 50 years. So Fabulous. I it, 55 years. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just love you know. So I'm I'm playing hooky from school. I'll never get in. And I, for some reason, my no, my sister wasn't there. I was by myself, and uh, so I'm playing playing in the bedroom. And I says, Ah, let's go watch The Price Is Right. That's a very popular show before Flintstones. You know, on a, on my black and white TV, I flick it up and I'm sitting there. I'm watching. You know, doing my thing, and then it's starting to get cloudy in, in the house. It's getting cloudy, cloudy, and I'm like, Oh. And I turn around, I go to the bedroom, sure as shit, the, the mattress is, is going up in flames, and I just took off, right? Oh, wow. So I take, and we no, there's no phones in that. In Sorry, the, how old? Oh, I don't remember. It's got to be, it's like grade three, grade four. Something, okay. Something no, I, like that. You he know? Was, how old the, is the mattress? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, the, yeah. The mat, is, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> it, it was, is uh, yeah, so 
there was no phones in the house. We, yeah. we had no, no, you know, phones. So you had to go to a payphone. No, I got no fucking money. I got now back then. I think it was dimes. Yeah, sure. And uh, but my mom, she was an avid bingo player. She used to go out and play bingo at night with her friends and leave us in the house unattended, whatever. But uh, so she was a good mom. She was a great mom. So <laughs> she, she, so <laughs> my sister comes home. She says, "What the fuck did you do?" And I'm like, oh, "We got to call the fire department, right?" So she goes. And takes my mom's bingo chips. Yeah. These red bingo yeah. chips. Goes down to the payphone, inserts it, and calls the fire department. Oh, then, wow. Yeah. Right they on. saved the apartment, but, you know, sure as shit, they say, you know, evict us again. And then we move to another. We, we tend to move often because I just had this pyro thing, you know. I just love it, you know. I just... Uh, Huh. But I, but I kind of grew out of it now, so I guess. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. Well, just, you didn't become a firefighter. Yeah, I wish I did. You know, seven days you a know, month. There's no irony here. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so uh, you know, when we were kids, <clears throat> uh, speaking of this, we used to wear like hydro jackets, hydro coats, or something they're called, like like an army coat, like it was green with mm-hmm. pockets, winter coat, mm-hmm. and we used to slice the insides uh, where your pockets would. Your hands could go through. So then you walk into a store with your hands in your pockets, and no one ever sees you take your hands out of your pockets. And we would lean over the counters where oh, the candy what? is and then just shove oh. it all shove it all back into the coat. Oh, and you wow. and you would leave with your hands in your pockets. Well. Listeners, uh, here's a here's an idea for you guys. That, that can uh, still that, work. It's the, it's, it's the butcher method of uh, you know theft. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Keep, just awesome. you know caramels and stuff. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Yeah, so that's uh, you know those are the kind of like the the bad part about uh, uh, my opera. I just I just I just love getting into mischief. I don't think it's bad so much as it's a learning experience. Well, I, now now your life as it continues. It sounds like the mischief didn't leave, but you just sort of transferred the mischief, right? That's what I feel like your position as a SWAT guy is sort of sort of like. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so how did that come about? Like, Just keep taking us through this uh, well, 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 rising well, yeah, coaster. The, the, so, yeah, so, so the one thing that uh, me and my brother that we had in common, uh, other than, uh, well, mind you, I was the bad kid. He was actually a good good. Good, good dude. Is and I understand uh, we, he's a very handsome man. Uh, he is. He's In got, other he words, got his looks from his older brother. Uh, uh, just, uh, yeah, I, I left some from him when I when I came out. I, I gave him a little bit. Copy. But uh, uh, we we had a very severe asthma, and uh, because Toronto is a very high humidity uh, city. Uh, we were always in the hospitals. Every week we had to go, uh, every week or other <clears> week, and, and they put you in this uh, in a bed in a room, uh, and it's uh, wrapped in a, like a nylon type curtain to keep I don't know what it is, like to keep the air out or something uh, or like uh, the humidity uh, something like that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, that's the one I remember, <clears throat> and uh, and it got to a point where my mom, you know, being a single mom, 21 years old. Uh, telling you, you, you can't live here anymore. Uh, we're at risk uh, of dying as as as, as the twins. So she had to make a decision, and uh, she. And how old would you have been at the time? Uh, again, like I, for some reason, I remember everything was grade three, grade four. Okay. I don't remember before that. Uh, yeah, they told her. I said, "You got to move," and uh, they they provided us with some options and, and kind of weird options. But one was the West Coast, uh, like California or something like that, so like a dry uh, temperature. 
And the other one, I guess, because, uh, I mean, she wasn't religious, but her parents were Jewish. Mm -hmm. And they said, let's go to Israel. And back in those days, in the early 70s, um, Israel was welcoming a lot of people and they would provide a lot of help. Okay, because right now it sounds like a hell of a move. But but yeah. at that time it's it was a welcoming thing. It, it was for people that are uh, um, uh, of, uh, of of that faith, and uh, and and it would allow them. Uh, they would help them with uh, lodging and uh, give them a job and stuff like that. And my mom, mm. she, she didn't have anything. So so the Israel promoted this. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and they still do to this day. Okay. They still do to this day. And uh, they 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 uh, yeah. So my mom said, all right. We're going to Israel, and we're like, eh, wow. We're crying because you know, third world country at that time it was very, very third worldish. Yeah. Gutsy girl. They had nothing, and uh, yeah, they just had it's one crazy. more there, and uh, yeah. So, so off we go. Well, she packed everything, sold everything. I think she had, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of money to her name, and we went to Montreal. And Elia, I never forget. We went to Montreal to visit some aunts and uncles, and then from there, off we go. And I think it was nineteen seventy. 75 or 76. Sorry, how old were you? Uh, grade four. <laughs> right, grade four, right, right, <laughs> Everything right. Everything is grade four. Uh, I remember that, <laughs> that it was grade four because when I got there, uh, they, they housed us in an area where it's a lot of uh, foreign people. So some people speak English, some people speak other languages from Russia, a lot of people from there that emigrate there. Hmm. And uh, so, so, yeah, so we were there um uh, 75 76 and uh that's where i, I had a, a big part of my upbringing and education and uh, uh all that kind of stuff uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was really challenging at the beginning um it's very different than what we're used to here Love back sand. in those days you know what no <clears throat> um, no sand there is in the, in the south it's a desert you know but uh, up north it snows yeah, it, it does snow. Oh, there's okay. This, See, this... in 1975, I spent my summer at Sabo Beach. There was a lot of sand. Yeah, that's a it's a little bit. So we have a lot in Israel. common. <laughs> uh, how long that's were you a there? Good place uh, in Israel. Well, I had most of my education. So I remember that was in grade four because I had to do grade four twice because uh-huh. the first time I got there, well, when I got there, I, I it was the the back half of the year, so I think it was like three months left. So I don't I, imagine that they do schooling the same. Um, it's very uh, rigid, um, uh, meaning there's like uniforms and you got to show up and you got to, whatever. Okay. It's not like here a little bit uh, loosey-goosey. But now. they did, but they didn't take you at face value. They put you back. Yeah. Yeah. So and no, you had to do it again. I did because I didn't, I couldn't speak the language, sure. uh, okay. um, you know, and here they're speaking uh, Hebrew and then they're also, you know, teaching Arabic. So like, I didn't know. Nothing, man. I'm, I just slept for three months because I. I couldn't but you do event? Anything. Did you eventually? Oh yeah. Get yeah. a hang of stuff oh, like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. yeah. They, they, do they you speak Hebrew now? Yeah, I do actually. Tell uh, me something. Just tell me something. Mom, what's up? Okay, fine. Yeah. How you doing? Whatever. I just said, how you doing? Oh, I see. Okay, well yeah, then, good. Yeah. Sorry. Good. <laughs> how, how do you say it? Ma is what? Hamatzav. What's? Ma what? Ma hamatzav. Ma hamatzav. Yeah, that's it's Ma slang matzav. for how you doing. Okay. Like a lot of people okay. say shalom. Yeah. yeah, right, right. right. That. Yeah, yeah it's, that could be <laughs> high and could mean peace. Okay. Right? Which, uh, you know, and a lot of our listeners will say, peace, uh, fucking Israel, uh, apartheid. Yeah, yeah. Right, But right. I'm not going to get into politics of course because not. it's it's extremely complicated. Yeah, Andrew, get upset. Yeah. yeah. You, you can PM me if you want to discuss about uh, the situation <laughs> there, and I, we can talk about it uh, day and night over uh, something like this. But uh, Yeah, speaking of which. Yeah, uh, yeah, speaking yeah. of which. 
But uh, yeah, so I grew up there. Uh, I was with my uh, my mom and sister and brother, and uh, um, we befriended another Shiny. American family. Yes, sir. You befriended a and another American family uh, that they were kind of in the same situation. Mind you, the husband and wife were there, and they had three kids very close to our age from Baltimore, and they lived. Uh, uh, we lived in a town up north in, in northern Israel, and uh, they lived one floor underneath us. So a lot of the, uh, we just socialized with them all the time because of the language. Right. And, uh, but then we spoke the, the language and, uh, but then, sure shit, I'm still becoming a bad kid. So I'm a bad kid over there now, grade four, grade five, grade six. And my mom says, okay, we got to do something. All new fires to light. No, no fires. Because, okay. Because uh, there's too much sand. Yeah. Ah, um, I can put it out too easy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she shipped me off to, uh, 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 it's like a small community. Uh, it's called a kibbutz. It's like, a, I think prison? we talked about it. It's uh, I, I, Prison we was have, another yeah. time. Uh, but we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, it's a small community. <laughs> yeah. Be patient. Yeah, let's not. We got, we got time. We got time. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in a place uh, where the kids, uh, uh, everything's free. Uh, your food's free, your lodging's free. You don't live with your parents. Uh, you live, let's say, uh, all the grade four and five kids will live in a big house. Nice. It's a two-door room. It's like camp. A wow. mansion. It's like camp or like a country club, right? So, you know, hmm. so your age group, give or take a couple of years, would be in one house. And the other age group, a little older, would be in another house. And you follow with that group of people, which in my case was like 25 kids. Boys, girls? Yep. Really? Yeah. It, just, oh. it reminds me of a... Wow. a yeah. Fun so, house. The Meatballs, the movie. Yeah. 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 So Meatballs, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> they have all the equipment. You just can't play with it. Yeah. Well, we played. Oh. But toward, later, later in that okay. uh, high school and whatever, it just became a little bit interesting. But... Uh, it was amazing. Like, uh, you know, you, you see your parents uh, later part of the day after school and after maybe you work a little bit. So so the idea behind it is, especially with uh, kids, is that you mature extremely quick. You just grow up a lot faster because you work. You got to yeah. work for your own food and, and all that right. kind of stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes you get up at four in the morning and you got to... I don't know. If there's that. one thing that I have de have described you mm -hmm. uh, as is mature, absolutely. My wife would say I'm totally immature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still do wedgies. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, wedgies. <laughs> they don't get old. Yo-yos and wedgies, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, the maturity, uh, you know, the education is amazing. Uh, you, you, you learn a lot of values and high ethics because if you don't do anything, it's for your own good. Like this is, you're working for yourself, right? Sure. And uh, I just had a, a, an amazing time growing up there and that was all through uh, my my schooling. Now, were you in grade four all these years? Uh, I did move up. Eventually I moved up and okay. I actually got pretty good in school <laughs> and, uh, and I graduated. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, in Israel, you know, when you reach a certain age, you get drafted. It's just the way of life over there. You have to serve in the military. Right. Uh, men have to serve uh, for three years. Uh, uh, women have to serve for two years. Wow. Okay. So, so you know, you, you go towards the end. And uh, I always wanted to be, like, towards the end of, like, just before I got drafted, I, I always wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And uh, the, the, the process of becoming one is so intense. Mm. But... I passed the medical stuff, 
The only thing that I couldn't pass on, I, I, certain shades. Colorblind. Now, oh, oh, really? Oh. Certain shades, uh, you know, so I can't identify certain. Like the so sky is blue. I, it is blue and the water is blue, though. So Whoa. That's a problem. Hey, think so, about that weird. for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't. Just don't go to the waves. Yeah. So, so I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't become a fighter pilot. So. Uh, Sorry. So, when you say this is like a thing you always wanted to do, was this something that you felt you always wanted to do because it was sort of where the area you had to do? Or did you have another dream? Did you have well, something else? Well, when I was a kid, no. When I was growing up, I just loved, because of my later in life I discovered, I'm like diagnosed ADD. But back then, they didn't have that. They said, ah, fuck, smarten up. They'd smack you in the back of the head and say, pay attention. Stop lighting fires, you idiot. Yeah, that okay. too. Or stabbing your brother in the shoulder with a pen. Which yeah, don't do that. That happened, but it was, you got me mad. Yeah. It yeah. happens, you know. Yeah. Stop. So, <laughs> yeah. Did you do that? Pens are so accessible. It's yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah. It worked. And then I got it afterwards. <laughs> but uh, I just like, I, I was into models, building things. And I used to build those plastic aircraft, like models, airplanes yeah, and whatnot. Sure. And yeah, we got work. that. I figured yeah. Andy was into models for years, but yeah, it didn't glue anything together ever. Yeah. You know? I just didn't want, I, I was, I was into models, but I wasn't into glue. So like models as in two legged models or yeah, yeah. well, all of the above. Sorry. Yeah. Go. See, I had no access to that. So I dealt with plastic ah, and paper, fuck. but, uh, yeah. So, uh, and there was also, uh, somebody that I, I, I became close to on the, the kibbutz where I lived. He was a very famous, uh, actually two of them, very famous Israeli fighter pilots. Oh, okay. So you had influence. Yes. Yes. So, hmm. but no, you good. know, didn't work. That's cool though. That's not, it is cool. It's kind of neat. It is cool. Uh, it didn't work, and then so uh, I was asked with another co uh, another classmate of mine to join a very specialized unit, um, a very specialized paratroopers unit uh, within the IDF, and uh, and their sole function. Um, well, when I got drafted, uh, it was uh, right at the tail end of the Lebanon War, right. 1982 was Lebanon. I think that's when they came out, 83. But we were still active, uh, dealing with a lot of terrorism uh, uh, up there. Um, hmm. So they, 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 this unit that I was in, it, it was only made of kids that grew up in the same environment that I did. Because there was more communities like mine all over Israel. Oh, that's interesting. And the reason they found that is because they found that uh, city kids, and no offense to city kids, their maturity level for that age, 18, is when you go in, uh, it, it was low. They weren't mature enough. And they found that the maturity level on this, the type of kids like where I grew up uh, was, was off the charts. So a lot of the specialized units uh, were made of kids like me, <clears throat> uh, even the fighter pilots as well. Uh, so they decided, hey, let's make a unit strictly with kibbutz kids, you know, see what, uh, how that goes. And that's what they, they did. Uh, and over time, uh, and then and I got drafted, and it was my turn, and I joined this, uh, this unit. And uh, we just came in at a time that was so active that I did my basic training. Uh, where I grew up was right on the Lebanese border, literally 300 meters from the Lebanese border. So I was okay. right on the fence. Wild. Okay. And uh, so it happened that our base, our base was in uh, just outside, of, just uh, uh close to Jerusalem in a city called Bethlehem, Jesus. Was right? there sand? That's kind of neat. No, no sand. 
uh, sand was for a little bit south. Christmas carols all the way around Where the year. Where did I get yeah, this it's, it's amazing. Yeah, Bethlehem, yeah. beautiful city. Beautiful city. I bet. My, best, my base was there, but I was never there because all, all the stuff was going on with Lebanon and Syria and all that. So all we did for, geez, after our basic training for two years is uh, we were an ambush unit. So all we did was we'd go in nighttime, hunker down, deal with whatever intelligence that we got with um, uh, with a you know, group of terrorists trying to cut through the border Yeah, and sanitize it and then come back. That's all we did for like two years. <clears throat> sanitize is a really I was just gonna good say word. This. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's all I did for, for, like, that's all we did for, you know, and then towards the end of my service, uh, actually something happened uh, which was really funny. Uh, well, not really funny, but so... This is so far. This is actually a hilarious podcast. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah people is, will be giggling. You're you got a hilarious life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Holy. it is. It, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's coming. It's coming. The I'm funny stuff kidding. is coming. No, no, fuck. But just not this, this is one. so crazy and interesting as hell. Yeah. Keep going, please. So, so we're in. Uh, we're 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 resting. We've just finished an ambush and we're resting. We're just uh, getting ready for our next briefing to go in. And uh, uh, our unit was so um, high risk and tight is that we had a, a, an MD and uh, the highest level par- paramedic that uh, they would have to offer over in that country that would follow us just in case. What does that happened. mean? A paramedic? Yeah, like in their country, you said. Well, in Israel. The highest in, in, yeah, in the, their the country. Highest, compared the highest skill. To, let's say compared to America or Canada. Well, what for, does that mean? For our city, with uh, the highest uh, uh, medic in our city right now, they're tactical medics. And, and we'll get into that, which I have a lot <clears throat> okay. of friends that are tactical medics within our unit. But over there at that time meant yeah. what? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a paramedic level nine, it's called. So, And they are atta- they're the assistant to the MD, to the doctor. The in high case level something medic. Something happens. Yeah, it's a very high level medic that they're okay. capable of doing uh, uh, field surgeries just like any and sure. medic. And, administ- okay. and, and to administer drugs. All that. Yeah. They're capable of doing surgery. Yeah. Wow. Be, right. Okay. So, so we're sitting there having uh, breakfast and, uh, and then a couple of things with the, the Geneva convention that they not there, you know, you're not allowed to shoot paratroop parachutes out of the sky. So if, if paratroopers are jumping into enemy land you're yeah not, you're not allowed to open up on them it's like a game of risk oh, no, you have to play it. are you kidding me yeah you're you have not, to you're play not with supposed rules. to you're not supposed to right and medical personnel every world war ii movie with a parachute in it they're shooting well, them at wait yeah. wait wait so what you're saying yeah is that there is literally like fair game fair play an ethics no, of sorts it's not it's, it's the opposite it's not fair game it's, it's not supposed to. There's a rule, okay. there's rules of engagement right. during war, the, the Geneva Convention. Right. And right. you're not so, allowed to Right. So I I may, might be wrong, but in my country and that you're not you're not that's nothing that you're not really mm. allowed to do is to and you know to shoot down paratroopers because they're no because they can't they're vulnerable. They're just coming down on a parachute. Uh, yeah, and I realize that, but doesn't that mean that you've risked your army by placing that rule? It's well, interesting. I yeah, just find yes. that interesting as well. Well, what happened was <clears throat> they stopped doing that. Not that I don't think we, it's... We haven't done it. Uh, I have no uh, opinion Israel on hasn't it. done it for years. They've stopped deploying paratroopers uh, via um, uh, uh, parachuting. Okay. They don't do that anymore. But medical personnel was the other one. Um, you don't shoot at medical personnel. And they're always... Uh, sure. You know, they always have a helmet with a, like a with big Star of David on it or... or is that also part of the Geneva Convention? From my regards? understanding, oh. yes. Okay. 
But in this particular case, a truck comes back to our base that we're staging at because we used to go in every night or every morning. We are yeah, every night we used to go in and come out and I'm looking and I see this ambulance <laughs> on a tractor trailer being towed back to the base with a big hole in the right where the white is, where it's uh, where uh, where the Star David is, where it shows that it's medical personnel. So apparently, an RPG went through it, okay, and uh, and killed both. So whoa. So my unit uh, at the time, uh, you know, <clears throat> I was close towards the end of my service, and they said, "Hey, you want to go to medical school?" And I'm like, "Well, I couldn't afford to go to university. University down over there is very expensive. Very expensive." So I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. So I got pulled off and uh, sent to medical school where I spent a significant amount of time uh, getting the, my highest level of paramedic uh, education. Oh, wow. And practice in some of the hospitals there and whatnot. And uh, it was amazing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and then... Uh, I, yeah. I, I've never known that. Well, yeah, I, yeah and I, we've talked <laughs> about it a bit, but we haven't yeah. gone into it. In fact... Speaking of that, we go into SWAT stuff all the time. Oh yeah, uh, and some of those stories. And I, uh, of course, I haven't heard them all, but we we talk about that stuff. Is there anything that you can discuss from the medical history? Uh, I know it was a shorter what, the education or uh, like uh, I, don't uh, the I don't know operational the operational yeah yeah some of the as... some of the highlights. <sighs> yeah, <clears throat> oh, oh, a, a lot of times. Um, um, you know, when it comes to uh, rules of war, uh, it's ugly, um, especially when it comes to uh, fighting on ground uh, tanks. Most of the injuries are either ballistic, uh, um, uh, fire, like in tanks, you know, people burn. So what do you, what, 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 well, if a tank what? gets a, 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 let's say an RPG hits a tank. Okay. Uh, everybody inside is gonna, you know, will oh, burn. Man. Okay. Or or an inhalation of a smoke inhalation, right? So hmm. so. Uh, I, I remember clearly at one point, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't that successful, but I tried because uh, I didn't have the right tools with me to intubate one of the soldiers that was literally, you can feel that he just start, he couldn't breathe anymore. Jesus, and uh, yeah, we didn't have the kit uh, back on the ground and, and uh, we just, I, I just tried to use a pipe, a metal pipe. And, uh, to intubate to like open? him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, he like you know you, you try and do you you try and improvise with whatever yeah, sure, you have of over there. Sure, of course you would. Um, but yeah, yeah, asphyxiation was one of the big things. War, uh, other than ballistic wounds, of course. Um, in terms of like medical, um, no, not really, because first of all, I was a soldier, uh, and I was also a staff sergeant there. So you, you, number one, you fight. You got to right. do what you got to do, right? And afterwards, you know, if something happens, then you can use your other. Uh, tools of the trade that you uh, the skills that you have so during this time when you're a medic right you're actually holding a gun yeah first of all i'm a fighter okay first and first, foremost first force fighter uh also uh you know one of the uh, uh staff sergeants there uh and then you know if need be like there's other medics there's other medics there that are sure. lower level medics okay higher level medics but if the um, opportunity presented itself, you would administer medical attention oh, to. Oh, of course, yeah. of course, yeah, to save life. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> yeah, and it doesn't matter what side they're on, too, right? You know, people might think, oh yeah, yeah, we just leave the other team. Yeah, no, 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 no. You, you treat whatever you treat, right? Whatever's on the field, you you, you treat. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very interesting for me. It was a very, uh, uh, it was towards the back end of my uh, career. Um, and then all the issues started in the, uh, uh, the occupied territories of what people call now, like uh, the Gaza Strip mm-hmm. and the West Bank, mm-hmm. which uh, West Bank was Jordan, Gaza Strip was Egypt. And that, that's just land that uh, through wars got um, uh, um, conquered by Israel. And um, Andrew's just taking a picture of him. Oh, you oh, told I was, me I would have smiled or something. No, right? don't smile. Yeah. Okay. No, you got a terrible smile. This, that, so, this isn't the subject that I'm smiling about. This so, 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 figure. Listen to this. So <clears> they <throat> take us. That my unit. We were one of the first ones. Get in front of your mic, there, oh, Shawnee. Oh, sorry, don't get angry. Yo, listen. Get angry. Okay. It's like I'm at home. I'm gonna start lighting fires here at the podcast yeah. room. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm used to fire. Yes. Um, but yeah, so so then they take us from that to the issues that they have in the occupied territories. So they take a, a, a unit that's dealing with ambushes for for a couple of years. And they says, okay, guys, let's take you guys, a specialty unit, place you in Nablus, what that was the first city that I was placed in, and <coughs> police, police Nablus for protests and whatnot. <coughs> Excuse me. It was uh, a very idiotic decision. Especially for people like us, that we went from an extreme level of risk and alertness, and you know who your enemy is. Sure. You know who your enemy is. To go to a place where it's full of civilians, kids, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with protests and burning tires and throwing shit. And, and they uh, wanted you to do what? Uh, police it, like or order, like a public order type unit, right? So that you, we would have in our community uh, uh, these days. So like, just oh, keeping it safe. Problem. Right, so so that was extremely difficult for, for us, and and the engagement rules were not clear. Uh, so back in those days, um, you know they would, you know they would go to uh, live fire to deal with these protests, right? Uh, and they, it wouldn't be a shoot to kill type thing because they, it just wasn't right. But let's say if somebody has a Molotov cocktail, you try and hit their arms, their legs, whatever, which is extremely difficult, and it's not something that we do in modern times. And uh, it was just a very rough time for people like me going from one situation where we're not, we weren't cops. We were trained soldiers, and, and to put us in that situation wasn't fair. So <clears throat> towards the end of my uh, service, um, an event happened. I can't elaborate on it, but um, I ended up going to jail. And this was... You can't elaborate? I can't elaborate the reason uh, why. Fuck. Yeah, sorry, man. That's okay. He'll yeah. tell us when we're done. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell That's you. Off, I'm just yeah, kidding. off off camera, maybe. Yeah, no. Um, but uh, and I couldn't, and because I was uh, I was a specialized unit, uh, I was a high ranking, uh, a high ranking. I mean, I was a staff sergeant, not that high, but I was a soldier, uh, uh, re- relatively decorated. Um, and uh, here I am, in front of uh, my. Uh, my unit, uh, it wasn't a, a unit, but it was uh, overall paratroopers commander mm-hmm. for that uh, uh, that time. And he said, no, well, two weeks jail. And I'm like, what? Like, this is towards the end of my service. Like, uh, I think I had three months to go. And, and, he, oh. and, he, and he sends me to jail. And not only to jail, he sent me to the worst jail, the worst offenders in that country. It was little, a, little tiny branch. Wait, what, what was that like? <clears throat> 
Yeah, but when you say worst offenders, you're talking about civilian offenders, like uh, mil- military. Yeah, oh, you, military. Yeah, it's a military jail, but you know, wow. military. Some people in military, they kill, they rape, uh, they steal, uh, they rob. Sure. Uh, it's, it's the same. So here I am, going to. Uh, and the ironic thing about that is, my brother. I was in the specialized unit. My brother was military police, and I identical twin. Military police, very small community. So somewhere, police. some people were confused. So yeah, they were confused. <laughs> I called my brother because he was already released, and I said, "I said, Daryl, fuck man, I'm going to jail. Call your people. This is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Help a brother out." He says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it." So he calls me later, and he says, "Yeah, they know you're coming. They got you. All right." So I go there. And it's, it's, it's really fucked up, but, uh, like <laughs> the way they do things there. So here I am. I got my uniform on, and, and it shows my rank. I got my wings. I got my bars, whatever. If you can, describe some of the fucked up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's we'll getting whatever. I know you're getting so, there. Just so, so I got like this fancy uniform. Fucked up is good. And I go into this, this area where uh, you basically report to... Going to jail, like it's like a and like not. It's an open room. It's all fenced up. There's a small window. Uh, military police is behind it, and on the ground, they got some soldiers in shorts and a white t-shirt, wearing uh, like running shoes with no laces. So as soon as I the, the gate opens, bzz, opens, and I come, they stand up. They stand up. Ah, uh, and because uh, of your thinking, rank, yeah. Well, and also like, that's wow. Awesome. So they stand up and they're looking at me, and uh, and I said, "It's okay, guys." You know, like, so I go to the window and I hand him my papers, and he hands me a box, like a shitty box, and uh, I said, "Okay, take your clothes off." So I start undressing, and they were like all these all these kids. Well, kids. We we are we were all kids back then. I was uh, twenty one. And wow. they were like 18, 19. Man. And, uh, and they're looking at me and they're like, what the fuck? What did you do? What did you do? And I'm saying like, it's okay. I whatever. can't tell you till yeah. the podcast over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so and, and I remember it was a Saturday, Saturday morning. So over there, it's religious Friday night, okay. Saturday night. Uh, I don't know, Sabbath or whatever. What's that? Okay. Sabbath. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I get undressed, I'm in my t-shirt, they give me a t-shirt, shorts, whatever, and I'm just like them. And then in I go for my orientation, and there's another officer sitting there, a military police officer, and he tells me, oh, you're Daryl's brother, and you look like him, and shakes my hand, and that's okay, we got you. That motherfucker, I never heard from him again. And they treated me like shit. They put me in, in a, a general population with uh, probably about... 35 to 40 other criminals and it, and it was a room because they have to triage only on sunday which is not a religious day a regular day then they separate all the different levels of criminals okay you guys will do kitchen you guys will do work in the yard you guys will work on guarding whatever and uh and am i keeping you up you okay? no shut uh-huh. up <laughs> So, because I have a question. <laughs> I have a question. So, you're telling me that the guy who had your back, yeah. your brother, yeah. with his buddies, mm-hmm. you stabbed him in the shoulder with a pen. Mm-hmm. My brother? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, my, you know, we we he, made up. We made think, up. You don't think this? Never guy... heard from him again. Yeah. He was hey, six. Listen, listen, my brother's coming. Um, <clears throat> he stabbed me once with a pen, <laughs> and I'm still feeling you know the what? effects of all the. Take his uh, clothes off. And... I'm gonna call him. Is that why? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The ink is killing me. Yeah. But so so they, first so, tattoo. They, <laughs> so they put me in this room with a bunch of fucking criminals, and uh, and picture this: it's all bunk beds. No mattresses, right. steel bunk beds with like a, a netting, kind of all hot. the way down. Uh, yeah, uh, thirty on each side, I think it was. Um, they had a um, uh, two ma- big garbage can buckets where you can take your shit and piss. Yeah, and uh, and you're there for the night. And uh, hmm. and they give you a blanket. They give you a blanket, and they teach you. Uh, and this was through my whole two weeks that you have to fold it a certain way, and if you don't fold it a certain way. They add time. Now let me ask you this. It's really? Did up. you uh, did you use the bucket? No. no okay. No. Damn. No. 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 I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you know what? No, I shouldn't say no. I didn't take a dump. <laughs> but me, I probably had to take a piss. But I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you were there for I, two I, weeks. No, I was there for one night. So. Oh, oh they, just this room for yeah, one night. One night. Yeah. Till they did the triage. That's a that's a they, hard two week hold. Yeah. But here I am. <laughs> Word got around who I was, right? And I sat in the back on a, on a on a bed there, and you can just see some of the like some of these criminals are like you know big time, and they're you can see they they are eyeballing me. Some of them were eyeballing me, and they, they actually want to pick a fight. Sure, uh, because you know whatever. Yeah, so it's like it's I was king of the mountain. I was scared. Alpha thing. Yeah, I was yeah, scared. Yeah. I didn't think I was gonna make it till the next day. I was fucking scared, and uh, and I'm sitting there. And then I see this one dude. wasn't a big dude, but I wasn't big back in those days. Not that I'm big now, but you know, um, You're a big dude. Yeah. Well, you know, size doesn't matter anymore. <clears throat> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. But we so, can talk about so that here's more this later. guy. He's walking towards me, and I'm thinking like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm gonna be ending up staying here. I'm gonna have to fight and stay there another two weeks. And uh, and it was funny because as he's walking, people are moving. So I know this guy had. He was not a somebody, but he was a violent dude. And he's also a soldier. They're all soldiers. Yeah. Okay. But some of them, some of them are there because they never reported. So mm. um, they just what, uh, they, they caught never... them for not reporting because it's mandatory. They're drafted. Oh, but they didn't want to go. Oh, I see. Unless wow. you're or unless you're an Orthodox Jew, which that's a whole. Sh- I see what you're saying. That's a whole different yeah, yeah. shit show. Uh, hmm. uh, yeah, that's totally something garbage. That that's Hollywood. You go, you go to Hollywood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So this guy's walking towards me, and I'm like thinking, <laughs> okay, here it comes. And uh, he says, he comes up to me, and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. And he says, can you write? And I'm like, yeah. I said, can you read? I said, yeah, I'm an educated man. He says, well, can you do me a favor and write a letter to my mother? Ah. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And, uh, and I was like the godfather after that. Wow. That guy looked after, like, if anything, he, he gave me his, I didn't eat, because, uh, uh, you know, the jaundice and some issues with the, with the dishes there, and whatever, I didn't eat. Uh, uh, but he had my back, and he had pull in that jail. And, uh, and, uh, and, and it was amazing. I'll never forget it. And, uh, and I was okay. And then they put me, when they triaged me the next day, again, all these MPs that said, oh, we got your back fucking nothing uh, they, they really because wow. they actually were, they were actually antagonizing me to try and make me 
get charged and stay long. Of course. You know, these assholes. But mm-hmm. uh, I was uh, doing security for, you know, watching on the towers for like uh, two weeks. And, um, and just before I left, the last day, um, the, uh, the unit, com- the, 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 our area commander, an MP, says, hey, do you mind giving a speech to the rest of the prisoners because they're staying and uh, and I said sure. So I I gave him like a motivating type speech uh, just wow. to help them. You know, hey, you know, it's not the end of the world. You guys will come out and, and build up your life and blah 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 blah. blah. And then and, and then that guy that had my back, he ran over because he wasn't part of the um, the security like the, uh, the you know the doing the security detail in the, in the prison. He he gave me an, a note a, a picture. He drew a picture for me, and I have it to this day. I should have brought it. Wow. But it said, uh, 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 and no price for peace. Or no, for freedom. No price for freedom in Hebrew. And he wrote it on a piece of paper and drew like with crayons and whatever. And fucking to this day, it's I, I have it. Have you ever talked Jeez, to this man? No, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> no. He might even be dead. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he probably is dead. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and that was... Uh, that Do you was, remember why he was there? No, but he was... Uh, he was uh, uh, serious, he was a demon. Uh, yeah, he was uh, big time. Uh, did you put your hand up? Yeah, you go in the bathroom. Like, Listen, we're going to talk about you while you're gone, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, we are human. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so that was uh, that's uh, that was my prison. Why, why, why did you? Why were you asked to give these people a speech? And were they were they all men? Yes, no, no women there. No. Okay, okay. No, they I don't would know. not have know. women because then you have them. Yeah, just like jails here, they won't put women along with men unless you're <clears> working <throat> as a jail guard, right? Sure, okay. And uh, and in the prison, they did have women working as jail guards, uh, and they and the, the 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 shittiest thing, and the most disappointing thing. You know what? If you're not gonna help me, don't say you're gonna help me. Do you know what I mean? What, uh, no. Like, what, what, well, what, what, when my brother called him and says, "Hey, my brother, my twin brother Sean is coming to like in your I jail, see. and uh, please look after him and help him out, and whatever." And they all said, "Yeah, yeah, we got him, we got him, we got him." But right. then when that when when push comes to shove and I show up there, everybody put their hands up. The and loyalty said, nope, went. No, 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 no. You're just like everybody else, hmm. and uh, and that's where I never, uh, I will never respect uh, that group. Um, okay. Of, uh, like MPs, like maybe in Canada it's different, I'm, and I'm sure you know, you know, look, look at my career where it went, where we'll talk about shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, hmm. it just left a real sour taste in my mouth towards the end of my service. And uh, but again, so hold experience. on, so so yeah, which is wild as hell, but. <laughs> They asked you to do this speech. Yeah, so so they just <clears throat> found like you know what uh, in jail you have troublemakers and you have troublemakers like people want to cause shit and and, mm. uh, and they lose hope and uh, you know they think that their you know their their life is going to be full of crime and uh, they have no other avenues to to deal with uh, you know right. if, if it's poverty or uh, but did they whatnot. pick you out of a bunch? In order to say this, well, no, they or was knew, it like sort knew. of a mandatory? No, what what it was back in those days, it was extremely rare to have somebody like myself uh, be uh, put in that position, and I was really used as an as an example um, during that time to say, hey, even um, high level uh, 
uh, okay. soldiers, uh, uh, SF soldiers, uh, you know, ranking soldiers, uh, you know, they do something wrong, which I never did. Um, but I wasn't going to argue with my uh, commander. Um, even they can be put in jail. So I was really, in my opinion, just an example to say, you know, because yeah, it's very political. The situation over there, even back then, was extremely political. I see. Uh, so, so, so they, now, they just wanted me to, to talk to them, to give them. So most of the guys that were there were ge just generally not your uh, rank. They're sort of. Uh, no, no, they were all either uh, one stripe, two stripe, like corporal or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So very uh, low level uh, ranking uh, um, army personnel. Ah, so when you and got there, they were a little yeah, bit. And none of them, I, I don't remember seeing any of them actually being <clears throat> combat soldiers. Either. Wild. Um, so that's why they wanted okay. me to say, Hey, you know what? Can you give some type of motivational, give them hope ah, and try and, and okay. not just that, but they also wanted me to like to, you know, um, try and prevent them from doing something that they might regret. Do you remember what you said? No, no, no. It was pretty much, uh, you know what, uh, guys just uh, do your time, uh, stay out of trouble, listen to what they tell you to do and you'll get out on your own time as opposed to. Uh, picking fights, uh, responding to um, whatever uh, people that just want to pick a fight, you know, just walk away. Right. Sometimes, you know, especially in sure. that environment, walk away. Be smart. Yeah, walk away. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, so, hmm. um, yeah. So then uh, right after that, um, I was really lucky. My unit commander, my specific unit commander, uh, really had a liking for me because I helped him out with the, um, when I took the medical course. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it wasn't a popular thing to do. Everybody wanted to um, do something different, fight, whatever. So, but they offered this. They sort of brought it up to you. Yeah, they and did. That's how it yeah, was brought did. up to I you. I showed interest. That's how you, yeah, I showed interest. You know, oh, I, was, okay. I, was, I was actually uh, a little bit thinking about my future, and that uh, maybe it's something that I can pursue as a as a, a in the medical field once I'm discharged from the military. So it was, it, you know, uh, I was okay with it, uh, sending me to, to medical school for that. So my unit commander said, uh, you know what, uh, you've been, you, you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny, yeah. let's top up. Sorry, man. I don't it's, mean to interrupt you or ruin your you know? flow. Yeah, it's okay. We're just celebrating. I don't have to drive two hours <clears throat> we're home. Just, so we're just celebrating. Good. And uh, <laughs> he said, he, he told me, he said, uh, he said, Sean, you won't have this on your record. Don't worry about it. And that was really, oh, wow. it was, it was very honorable of him to do that. He didn't have to. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and then, uh, shortly after that, uh, I got, um, discharged and, uh, went back, uh, you know, and then, you know what, my, my, my life there, I will never regret. Um, I'm still very passionate about that country. Uh, I'm not religious person. Mm -hmm. I never even had a bar mitzvah. I mean, I'm, uh, and, and clearly now, uh, as I say, I, I got baptized. I don't know what they do at a bar mitzvah, but we can do that after the podcast. Yeah, no, no. I, I got circumcised. That's, uh, that's enough, yeah, not that's enough there. Uh, torture for me, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't believe you. Yeah. You see it. Nice. I once was walking down the street with a girlfriend. Um, when um, uh, a moil was doing a a, bar, uh, a circumcision, and and he went like this, and uh, the foreskin flew out the window, landed on my girlfriend's lip right here, and she she went like that, and I said, "Well, you know, if you like that, I have a whole one." True story. 
True story. I'm not sure I should have said that on the podcast, but hey. hey ah, I think it, it was a good story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone it's should true. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, that was my uh, upbringing there. Uh, after a while, I decided to uh, uh, look for a better life. Uh, mind well, you. What happened? You came back to Canada. Yeah, but no, that wasn't what I did first. Oh, for fuck's sake. No, uh, growing up over uh, over there, uh, you have a lot of traffic from European uh, people, and they call them, uh, especially where I grew up, they call them volunteers. And what it is 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 the young uh, teenagers from all over Europe, uh, a lot of Scandinavian women, uh, British, uh, German, French, they come over to Israel, and not in the cities, but in places where I grew up. We, we, didn't, we didn't call them volunteers here at the beach, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> They were voluntold, but they they come over. They they work like in the fields or agriculture, like pick apples, mm. avocado, whatever, and uh, they get free lodging, very cheap booze, sure, party. It's just pretty much a party. Yeah, when they show up, and mm-hmm. it's become very popular. And and again, they can sell their trips and they tour. So it's a very cost effective way to have a great summer for a lot of these people. And a lot of these people decide to stay for a year. Or even more. Wow. Some of them actually stay forever. I, I have a really good friend of mine uh, that he's a Swedish and uh, Orion Johansson. I love that guy, and we're still uh, very close to this day. And um, uh, yeah, he stayed there for I don't know, maybe eight years. But wow. anyways, what happened was, sure enough, I found a girl. Uh, she ended up being uh, Swedish, and uh, we got very close. And again, I was what twenty-one. And uh, she brought her mom over to Israel, and I met her parents, and uh, and we were gonna. Is this because Israel's s- sort of beautiful too? At the same time, yeah. There's a certain. I was gonna ask a similar question, and that yeah, they, they seem to be fairly welcoming to yeah, yes, like outsiders. Yes. It yeah, can't the, just be uh, no, a, a fella who looks like you. Yeah, well, you know. Hey, I had a forehead back in when I was your age. Now it's a nine head, but. <laughs> I have a nice. I used to look like Rod Stewart back in those days, huh? the, the wavy okay. hair and whatever. But no, okay. she, it is. It's 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 uh, it's a very common back in those days. Now it's changed a little bit, but back in the uh, '70s and '80s, and even in the '90s, uh, it was just a popular way to spend um, your summers as a teenager uh, in Europe. It just, and this was during was five, a, six, seven head. Uh, you had no, four I had head. A four. No, no, this is like 16, Today's 17, nine 18. Head. Yeah, nine head. Five, six, seven head in between there. Yeah, somewhere right. in between, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so just... Just, just for, timeline just, stuff. Just for Timeline the, stuff. Just for the uh, viewers, uh, <laughs> these two guys are buddies. So what? he's going to pull his chain and... He Listen, pulls it a just, lot. Yeah. yeah. So I've been pulling that he's chain since the moment puller. I met him. Yeah, he's a great puller. But uh, but I love no, that's him. True, I love yeah. him like my own brother. Oh. Yeah, I shouldn't say him. I love you like my own brother. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for... just the audience has got to know because. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Johnny just didn't come in this cold. You guys are buddies. That's true. We the... are friends. Yeah. We're yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So and so we'll I get met into that. So, so I met this girl and uh, we became really close and I thought that it would get to progress into the serious relationship and uh, yeah. So uh, the plan was that I would go to Canada set the baseline for us she would go back to sweden and uh, and then move to canada and then we would live happily ever after well as soon as i moved to canada you know i got cold feet and 
you know, a new country and all these opera, all these credit cards and, you know, and all these loans yeah. I could get and, and, uh, you know, free stuff. And, and, uh, and I just got cold feet. And so, and she did too, to be honest. And, uh, which was great. And then we just called it off and, uh, and life goes on. Mutual and, agreement. Uh, yeah. So she stayed there. She stayed in Israel for a little bit longer and then she's back in Sweden. And right. I, I haven't heard from her in, uh, 25 years. Let's call her. Yeah. I think right uh, yeah. now Sweden yeah. is doing the best. In terms of countries around the world, no COVID, no nothing. The girls are still long and blonde. Yeah. They're fine. They're yeah. doing great. And they just joined She's great. Joined I'm just, NATO? I, I'm Did sure they just join NATO? They 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 put in an application. Okay. Them in Finland. Which yeah, is well, another it's great apparently country. a popular thing to do. Yeah. But uh, Sweden is a beautiful place. Uh, I actually did stay there for a little bit. I did move there at some point. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, I loved it, loved it there. I stayed with my buddy there, Orian. Uh, um, and uh, yeah. And then anyways, and then here I am in Canada. I came to Canada and uh, my English was so, so, so I thought because of my medical background. I said, yeah. I, and I know Latin, speak a little bit of Latin, medical field, whatever. Medical school, no problem. Well, I look, I, I talked to some, uh, uh, to the school, uh, I think it was U of T, and uh, my English was terrible. So, okay, so I, I have questions. Yeah. So you left Canada, mm -mm. let's say in grade four, Yep. speaking English. Yep. You went to Israel. Yep. Where you learned Hebrew. Yep. As a second language. Which became my first language. Right. So then you wow. moved back here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it wasn't good enough. To qualify, like I, I was at SATs or whatever the the entry exams for medical school, I just wasn't good enough. And uh, and then I thought, okay, well maybe I'll I'll dumb it down and maybe go to vet school, like in UBC or something like that in British Columbia. But not I, that vets aren't incredibly intelligent doctors. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. But the prerequisite for that school was less than regular medical school. I see. But uh, no, I, I bombed it. I, I couldn't. It, it didn't work for me. So now I'm thinking, well, what the fuck do I do, right? So did a little bit of labor work with my uh, my twin brother. Joined me. We know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my twin brother joined me uh, about six months later. He moved back to Canada as well. And we lived together. And we did a little bit of labor work. And then uh, I said, hey. Well, I can't do anything. I'm not that great at, uh, you know, I don't have a degree or anything. Well, let's join the police force. Jesus. 1990, I joined the police force. And I thought, okay, well, back then it was uh, a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> Your brother became a cop too? No, God, no. He's normal. No, he's... So uh, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's uh, he's uh, a vet, veterinarian. You know, you know, no, he he works for a company in, in, in Toronto, a very successful company that okay. they do... Uh, um, Office furniture is, uh, you know, they're one of the bigger ones in uh, in North America that they deal with office furniture. And he okay. made a, he makes a very good living doing that. That's and, great. Uh, yeah. And he's great. Uh, he's he's happy. He's been there for a long time. But I decided to go the popo route. And uh, and, and what was... made you go there? That's because obviously you had the history. <laughs> I do. And then and then what? 
Well, uh, my sperm donor, Mick Jagger, I know. Yeah, not right. Mick Jagger. I, I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> that's my mom. Shout out to Mick Jagger. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> but um, I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> he was a traffic cop, and he still had people in senior positions on the department. And they mm. off. They told him, I said, hey, have, you know, have Sean join the police department. So you know, your dad's been here the whole time. Yes. Your sperm donor. Sorry, yes. Mick. Mick. Yes. yes. He's been here the whole time, and that's where he went. Yeah. He he actually wasn't. When I came to Canada, he already remarried uh, and moved down to the States. Uh, he became uh, a deputy sheriff. He was a bike cop up here, motorcycles, right? Yeah, so, Harley. So they were, yeah. So they were hiring down there to do like a lateral. They were asking anybody want to do a lateral moved down to the States because they were looking for, for, for cops down there, bike cops. And he volunteered from our service. And they actually took him because he was married to an American. He remarried an American. Ah, woman. okay. So he's down there. Where? Uh, Ventura County. I just want to uh, avoid that. that. That's where he was. What's uh, Ventura County, California? California, Los Angeles. It's, it's a southern. Well, I right. got a great yeah. story for that one. And I'll tell you about it. All right, all right. That's a great story. But anyways, yeah. So, so they said, okay, well, fine. Tell Sean to join the police department. Can we so, come back to Ventura County? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. Uh, so so yeah, that's a funny one. All right. So so yeah. So I, I joined the police department. Uh, you know they they signed me up. Uh, I go to police college, which is in Elmer, in 1990. Uh, uh, the academic portion was uh, challenging. The the firearms portion was not because uh, I have a history. Oh, of course, with firearms. Have, yeah, yeah very comfortable with that. Yeah, uh, sanitizing. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only when needed, and they were all very bad people. No, no, it's all very good. Bad people. I think that of course everyone will understand that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. So, and again, I was a kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the song, then then the nineteen. Yeah. But I was eighteen. Right. You know that's a great song, actually. By the way. Which song? Hold on. What? Nineteen. The Vietnam song. Come on. Nineteen. We're gonna look it up. Oh, I gotta. Yeah, you you Google it. That's a Vietnam song that came out in the 80s. Dave, and it's look about up 19. It's called yeah, Dave, look it up. 19. It's, yeah, it's, it's about uh, the Vietnam War and how the, the fighters were. They were recruited, the Americans in the 19. Great song. Um, hmm. Yeah, so then I, I finished. Uh, uh, um, I graduated in my top class, not because of my academics, but because I knew how no. to march. I was a great marcher <laughs> because that's something that you do in basic training in the military, sure. right? And uh, yeah, so I um, uh, uh, I, I got I went to a, a mid city uh, division, and uh, <laughs> I remember the first day when I get there, they're 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 they 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 hand me I get all my kit, and I get my handgun, and then they're about to, I'm about to go on the. Is that the song, Dave? The fuck was that? <laughs> <clears throat> uh, it sounded like an audience or something. We have like this unseen guy. Or, or entity yeah, Davey. called yep. Dave that looks up shit for us. Dave's a yeah, great, yo, Dave, Dave's a great guy. Hey Dave, come it's in Super for Dave. come in for a second. What was that? Super Dave. That was the song. That was but the can, song. Can we play it or are we, we gonna be sued? Hold Whoa. on, let's just play the first few minutes or first few seconds of the song. As long as we're not making money off of it, I don't think they can sue us. Copy uh, that. Uh, here we go. Uh, yeah, don't that, don't anybody send we're any money. money off Sean. I That's... can sing it. <laughs> here it goes. Helicopters. That's you wishing you were a pilot. I was. In 1965, yeah. Vietnam seemed like just another foreign war. But it wasn't. It was different in many ways. 
and so were those who did the Can we get in shit for this? I smell napalm. Love the smell of napalm. Yeah, yeah. Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. In the morning. In Vietnam, he was 19. Yo, this song is you to a T. I can already tell. I had to get up here and I'd do breakdancing <laughs> right on the table right now if it would hold me. Are you kidding? Yo, you Is got stunt safety table? right here. Get up. <laughs> Yo, uh, if you get up, though, no clothes AK, allowed. I don't know if we've gone over the number of seconds we can use. We need All a right, rigger. Yeah, fuck. We need yeah. a rigger for that one. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, true. Yeah, we need mats. Thank you, Dave. Yo, thanks. <laughs> so, so they send me out with a revolver. And I'm like, is that it? Like, here I'm thinking I'm going to war. But uh, I had a very good uh, uh, beat cop uh, um, term, if you can call it. Um, funny story. Well, kind of funny. Uh, one of my best friends back in that division, um, he went, uh, like, you're thinking I'm a bad boy and went to jail. He went off the rails. Um, and he was my BFF for a long time and we used to do police work together. We, there was four of us at 13 division. They used to call us the brat pack. What's it? What? sorry. What's his name? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Keep going. You know what? Uh, <laughs> I could uh, say his no, name now yeah, because he's convicted and did his time, I but I'll know. tell you the story. Um, but yeah, once I tell the story, you'll know, well, not, you know, but our listeners will, uh, might know what I'm talking about. Oh, and okay. uh, they used to call us the Brat Pack because back then, uh, you know, a lot of things were allowed and it was this hard-nosed policing. Uh, when you did something bad, uh, uh, you, you, you went to jail. Like now it's very different. You know, you can actually uh, uh, almost take a life and get bail. Jesus. Which let's not talk about that at really? this point. Yep. Yeah. In Toronto. Yeah. yeah That's another podcast. People, is, yeah. is, are there examples of that happening right now? There's a lot of examples. I don't know the names, but uh, <gasps> our former chief uh, uh, came out and said it in public. And it but says, we hear uh, a lot of stuff on the news, you know, but the news obviously doesn't say everything. But we hear a lot on the news and you're saying that there's a lot going on in the cities. It's happening. And it's happening. You we can, just can, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Okay. So, so here I am uh, with the... Uh, um, so I think uh, just uh, before I reached first class constable, that's about four years, I really took an interest for the uh, local tactical unit, um, which was extremely popular. Uh, um, and I saw them actually work in our local division. Which uh, for calls. our listeners, that is a SWAT team. Yeah. 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 Tactical team. Not is tickle a, team. Not tactical. <laughs> I, did I mention these guys joke. are buddies and he's going to pull his chain? <laughs> Stop that. I know. He's a great puller. I know. I'm terrible. A great puller. But uh, um, so, yeah, every time I'd see them do a call, I'm thinking like, I'm going to be one of those guys one day. Yeah. And uh, and I went for a visit. I wasn't even first class, which is uh, uh, very young in my policing career. And I walk in there and I spoke to the unit commander at the time. And I said, oh, I really want to want to come here. How old, and, uh, how old Sean? Uh, grade three, 1993, <laughs> four, grade four, grade yeah, four yeah. 1993 or four, somewhere, probably in 93. Okay. Three, so I would have been uh, 26, yeah. 25, yeah. 26. And uh, he said, ah, you know what? You're a little young, Sean, and uh, go back, get some experience, like, uh, you know, uh, undercover stuff and, and detective stuff, or not detective stuff, but plain clothes work and and uh and then come back and uh but we'll have your thing on file um the, your request and then we'll keep you in mind so i said okay 
So in the meantime, I'm trying to get in shape. I wasn't in great shape. I used to smoke, and because uh, everybody smokes in Israel, and mm. I smoked uh, like a pack a day. And uh, but I started getting in shape and uh, preparing for maybe, maybe they'll give me a call, right? And uh, and uh, I'll never forget a sure shit. I get a phone call and uh, from the unit commander, and he said, uh, he said, uh, can you do our physical? And back then, the physical of our unit. Uh, was uh, uh, a two-mile run in under 13 minutes. I failed. Yeah, it was a, it was a good clip run, six and a half minute mile, and uh, and 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 ten chin-ups. So so I didn't know if I could do it, but I said, well, of course I can. <laughs> Be kidding. So I said, okay, go in uh, next month. Uh, um, do your physical. Uh, with uh, with a gentleman, his name was Bob Bernstein. He uh, he's a an, uh, a Royal Marine that passed away actually not long uh-huh. ago uh, from Britain, and he was in charge of the physical component of the whole service. And uh, go see him, get your test done, and uh, we need a body. Uh, we want you, we want to bring you up. I'm like holy fuck, like that's uh, like wow. I, was, I was in first class, very young in my career. And uh, it was just timing. Uh, one of the guys from the unit, been there for a long time, he married an American woman, and uh, she wanted to move back to her, her hometown, which is uh, uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, so he was gone. So hmm. they needed to replace that body. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, and so I went to see this <laughs> this, this uh, Bob Bernstein, and uh, he trained me for, for a month, and then I passed the physical, and, and, and there I was, a young, young, very young officer, uh, at uh, at uh, my unit, um, very yeah. rare that it would come. Uh, um, Sorry, where were you? What what was your unit? The like, name of the what, the name of the unit. Well, what like what was your location? Oh, it's, uh, what were you doing? Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Sorry, I, did, I didn't mean it. Yeah, that's okay. It wasn't me. Yeah, it was him. <laughs> and <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. That's what that's what I meant. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, uh, a great place, and uh, yeah, so there I was, and uh, because it was only me, um, they did a course for myself, and they brought up another guy just so there's a little bit of competition while I'm going through their course, mm. their basic tactical orientation course, in 1994, and uh, yeah, and then uh, I, you know, and then Bob's your uncle, and then that's when I became. Uh, SWAT guy, ninety-four. But what what's interesting is that it took that fella mm-hmm. to move to Birmingham, yep. Alabama, to have an opening yep. that provided you an opportunity right. at your age mm-hmm. for this other fella to look at you and go, mm-hmm. "Come on in." Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't too much my age, but it was my experience. Oh yeah, I didn't mean uh, age. Uh, yeah. yeah, I meant uh, your uh, age yeah. as a as a. I, I think they took into account maybe my background. I mean, they, they, they'll, 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 they, they, nobody ever admitted it, but I, that might have had something to do sure. with it. They saw all the even, sanitation. Yeah. <laughs> but even though that's not a prerequisite for our unit. No, of course uh, not. It's not, not anymore. No. And actually, it's the opposite. Uh, it helps, but it's the opposite. So, yeah. So, there I was, uh, you know, young Shawnee. Um, at uh, at uh, at our unit and uh, and and I was placed on a, on a on a on an amazing team. Uh, uh, I started on team number one. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, at our unit, uh, we have uh, six teams. 
Okay. Six full-time teams. Don't and give then, away the playbook. And then, no, I won't. And and, and then it went to seven at some point. But, uh, so yeah, so there was an opening on team one. And, uh, and, and, uh, and how many and, guys per and team? And that's where I won. Uh, we, at the time, geez, uh, I think we were like eight or nine per team. Okay. So that includes, so eight operators and let's say, and then a gun team sergeant. Copy. So you'd have a gun team sergeant, you'd have a team leader, and then you have the operators. Now, can you, if uh, if it's not too big, can you describe what that means, team leader? Yeah, of course. And all, whatever. Yeah. So, so when you have a, when you look at the 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 concept of a team, uh, obviously you have your operators, and the team leader is still an operator, but he oversees the. Uh, operator management of the team so he let's say would assign um first of all he would have to be an experienced operator he would have to be in there for a while okay so right now you better explain what an operator is an operator is a member of the team okay so every SWAT team member we can call him an operator or a SWAT guy Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, operator so. is a, a tactical operator. Okay. I or, go by SWAT guy. Yeah. SWAT guy is good. So, so out of the eight SWAT guys, usually somebody that's, uh, you know, that the sergeant can pick out who the leaders are. Like sure. you can be an amazing operator. Absolutely. Uh, a tactician, but not necessarily a leader. It's like and, anything. And, uh, yeah. Right. So sure. there's, there are qualifications to being a really good leader. And the guys have to trust you. So, anyways, the, the 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 team leader is the one that makes the decisions, the day to day work decisions, uh, um, the the order of the lineup, uh, um, the duties of each SWAT guy, what they would do on the day, what vehicles they would be assigned to, what type of training they would do on the day, and uh, and uh, and then the sergeant would approve all of that. Um, and then let's say if there's a, a, when we do calls and like I said, we're very busy, um, a tactical plan would be put in place and then the sergeant would either uh, say, okay, yeah, that's good. Or make change it a little bit to make it safe. Like there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Yeah. You know, a lot of different right. ways that you can do right. a job, but you know, the liability falls on the team sergeant, um, to justify, what we do when we have to do it okay yeah 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 yeah, no totally yeah there is there is a liability factor and and, you know and anything that we do you have to justify and if it's in in front of your peers and sorry you had sorry no no well no i was gonna say if you have seven or eight teams of only seven or eight guys yeah six 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 full-time teams six full-time teams in a city with how many people in Toronto? Well, I'd say three million. The um, it seems intense. My God! Yeah. Now, are does that mean that teams are going? No, over no. one here, one there. No, no. The, the, the thing is with with uh, with our with our specific unit, we were one of the first full time units in the country, and what that means is we have twenty four hour coverage. So when it, when I say six teams, three teams are working three teams are off. Okay, so, so, but that's my point. Right. So you would have one team working in the city at a time. Uh, however, um, uh, in the schedule that uh, that's, uh, that's implemented at my unit, there are training teams. So let's say uh, if it's a daytime, if it's an event, a major event, which we have had in the city during the day. What do you mean by a major event? 
Um, not like a carnival. Like no, something no. going down, terrorist yeah, yeah. action of some yeah, kind. Yeah, like the yeah. beer festival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great festival. Yeah, so I, played I played it. I played it. Yeah, a major event. Let's say um, if there's a... Um, Let's say uh, like a bank robbery a ba- no, or no. hostage taking. Well, hostage takings are pretty rare, even though they've happened over my career. But let's say there's somebody that's barricaded uh, in a in a, in a house uh, by himself, doesn't want to come out, and he's got guns. So there's a lot of ne- things that go with in terms of that type of event. A lot of negotiations. Like there's sure. no, you know, there's there's ways that we deal with it. The time is on our side, right? If he's by himself, we just talk. A lot of talking so that takes time right and, and over time you, you have a team there sitting there containing the place with their full ballistic capabilities with their helmets whatever so after about you know five six seven hours you got to move people around a little bit because then you know even though we're very you know we're highly trained sure. to deal with uh, whatever is thrown at us uh fatigue does sit fatigue, in, yeah absolutely uh, and, and you gotta be you gotta be sharp and because we have the availability of all these guys you know we can call guys in there's training teams that work during the day but all they're doing is assigned to training um they can assist right hmm. sometimes you need more let's say if there's a um uh, uh somebody wants to jump off a building right so um or off a balcony so there's uh or Let's say he's barricaded in an apartment building, and but he's a he's a jumper. He's known to be a jumper, so you got to make sure before you. How is someone known to be a jumper? There's history. Let's say he said, you know, let's say there's previous events on file in our system that uh, will tell that he threatened uh, that he threatened to threatened jump. To jump. Right. So there's Copy. history. There's stuff that we look for before we. Let's say myself as a previous team leader and a gun team sergeant. Uh, this this is stuff that I look intelligence that I look sure. for. Um, so we would have to make sure before we do any attempt to enter the place, we would have to make sure that the balcony is secure, for example. So he can't jump, right? So these are things that it takes manpower, right? So, and time, and, and that's where you need, um, sometimes eight people, nine people, don't cut it. You need more. A few years ago, I was doing a TV series, um, shout out to Flashpoint, CTV, Flashpoint, uh, I did that series for five years. At one point, we did um, a suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. This guy was on a bridge. He was wanting to jump off. And the producers, well, not the producers, but the writers, whatever, they wanted somebody, wanted this guy to do something and the cops to do something. So I went over to the police officers that were with me on set, and I said, what would you guys do? Like, what, what would you do? For this guy who's w- wanting to hang himself off the side of this bridge. And I was told that th- they wouldn't do anything except talk to him. Mm-hmm. Because they can't grab him. They can't throw a rope around him, or, you know, whatever. Because if they did and it touched them and he fell off, yeah. that the copper would be yeah. uh, responsible. Okay. Yeah, just by looking at your face, it's how far is that truth? Yeah, like there is uh, there's consequences to your actions, and uh, um, everything that you do, you have to articulate in front of either your boss, uh, court, uh, SIU, or an inquest. 
Okay, in so worst case scenario. So I I'm, I don't know whether I'm like jumping ahead or not, but you had told me before that um, a lot of mishaps um, have a lot uh, that they we maybe we see on the news have a lot to do with like a lack of training or of course something like that. So um, maybe where something like that. Is that well? You, you have to keep in <clears throat> mind that anytime, at least in Toronto, like I know in the states, there's a lot of questionable um, actions done by our fellow brothers and sisters down there. Um, and, and to be honest, like I, I, I truly believe it's, it's just a lack of training. I was just going to say that uh, it's it's really unfortunate some of the incidents that happen down there. It's just uh, it should never happen. And that's, uh, it's just the way they do business down there. We specifically talked once about that female cop. Yes. Who pulled her Glock yes. instead of her. Uh, terrible, terrible. So do you have any opinion, opinion, of course, on what might have happened in that situation? Well. Versus, let's say, right now is the anniversary of um, of the Floyd situation. Is it? Really? Right now, I I I think so. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I know he, uh, I, the, but, uh, the the one of the gentlemen that uh, uh, that uh, was responsible uh, uh, that partaked in that whole event. Uh, he I think he got twenty years, mm-hmm. really twenty one years. Okay, yeah. um, that uh, that other event for that female officer, uh, it, it's just uh, even through her camera, it just shows a total lack of training because. From what I recall, listening to, she even says on camera, "Oh my God, I thought it was my taser." Right. So that to me says okay. your CW. It's just see everybody CW. today. Everybody today thinks that. Not no, I shouldn't say it like that. Not everybody. Um, some people think that. Uh, well, she knew what she was doing. She was just. This is just a play of words oh, or yeah. conspiracy stuff or whatever. Yeah. And. It, and I'm not to knock any conspiracies or, and I'm not to knock the other side. I, I think that there's a middle ground here. I think that maybe sometimes uh, a cop does something on purpose and I sometimes a lady, cop doesn't at all. This lady and, made a massive mistake. I, it yeah. does. It sounds like a massive mistake. Yeah. If you, if you rewatch this video like a million times, yeah. which I have, I, I watched her whole, like the whole Chauvin case and everything. And I could just cause my it's, lady's into it, but yeah. I, I would love to know. It's, it, it's tragic. It's actually tragic for all people that are involved. Uh, the victim's family, the victim, the female, like the officer. Like, it's tragic because... Sorry, Chauvin's a different thing, but yeah, yeah. There sorry. was no intent. Like, she didn't mean to do what she did. Right. And, and and that's, to me, it's just a lack of training. If it's my understanding, the um, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know her personal habits, but as I would have my firearm on my right mm-hmm. and my taser on my left which would be a cross draw right so why would that mistake happen yeah i, I certainly wouldn't cross draw my firearm you know what it's a different country uh, i don't know what their rules are but here uh, it is supposed to be a cross draw um that's like it's well defined is what you're saying yeah, yeah. um even though there's some um there is some gray areas for that because now, of course, know. if you don't yeah, have experience, yeah, drawing That's, and yeah. cross drawing, yeah. yeah. I mean, no question, I would, 
you know, no question it's a training issue. And and it's just unfortunate. Like, uh, her life is ruined. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she was excited. Both families. But the boy's life is ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, she, so like ex- I said. She's excited. Uh-huh. And she just went yeah, for, yeah, she, she just yeah. instinctively went for what she practiced most. Yeah. Mo- Exci- most, most. Excited in terms of um, There's no such adrenaline. word as most. Yeah. No. But she practiced what she practiced. She, she she did what she practiced most, yeah. which is drawing her firearm. Terrible. Probably, yeah, maybe. Terrible. No, it's that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's what I would imagine. Like, yeah, she this is something that she's not used to doing and doesn't practice. Uh, they don't train enough and hence this tragic incident yeah. happened. So now and this it's not just her. Like it happens, I would imagine it happens all over and well, it's not but just I would imagine that that uh that the uh, your major uh media station picks up on what is most popular, which which is sure most uh, yeah, yada yada. Yeah. But uh something in like the Chauvin Floyd thing. Mhm. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's got to be different. That that he, the guy he stood on a neck for. Yeah, that's something I. I that's, to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's one of those things that. Yes, I hear about a lot of these incidents, but in order for me to survive and and still stay uh, stay keep my sanity in my family life, and it's one of those things that keeps me a somewhat stress free life. Whatever happens at work. Happens at work, and as soon as I walk out that door, I'm done. Yeah, it makes sense. And and I don't think of like um, you know over my career of um, and I have that's got to take a level of discipline though. That is, it does, it does. And you know what? It's a personality thing, and maybe it's because of what my upbringing was, and and some of the history that I have growing up and being involved in war when I was eighteen. Yeah, is that I just don't. Anything that happens at work, I don't bring home. Like you can ask my wife, um, and because uh, I know you socialize with her all the time. Yeah, I talk to your yeah. wife constantly. And uh, that uh, you know what, we don't talk about much. And, and if I do, it's pretty rare. Um, and that keeps my sanity. Like whatever I do, like over my career, and I have a very, I actually have the longest uh, operational career as a SWAT guy in Canada. Like I, I have over over twenty eight years as being operational SWAT. In Canada, to be honest, we and, we we introduced this podcast a little differently than we were gonna. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna. Yeah, introduce yeah. with uh, you know you know which is <clears throat> which is, which is fine. And, we're and I totally, it. I'm very um, <laughs> I'm very honored to be last to last as long as I did in the career that I had, and I'm blessed. And um, but uh, with the amount of bad people that I've been dealing with over my like we're talking over two thousand calls. And we're not talking 2,000 calls of, you know, oh, somebody got a call of a suspicious package downtown and, and uh, right. oh, there's a call. No, we're talking legit calls, legit tactical calls, SWAT calls in the city of Toronto. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of bad people that I dealt with. And if I had to think about every single one of them individually, I'd, my brain would be fried. Okay, I so, want, so sorry. This, no, sorry. This brings me to a question. Um, I wrote an episode of Flashpoint that I was told apparently that if they went six seasons, they would have shot it. <laughs> they were very impressed. <laughs> Called Silent Stress. And it was about police officers and firefighters who um, progressively got 
drunker or drugs over a course of a, of, of mm-hmm. a career because at the end of that bell that goes off, they know that it's not good. When that bell goes off, it's not good. So they sit around all day. You guys go into the gym, they pump iron, do what you do, go to the range, shoot your guns. But at the end of the day, when that bell goes off, it's not good. So you have quiet stress mm-hmm. over a cumulative years. Yeah. Um, how did you stay sane? So, so P- PTSD. I call it PTSD. Mm-hmm. And PTSD is a real thing. Uh, it's something that's uh, probably, geez, um, which I personally experienced with one of my um, some of my teammates. Um, it's so uh, it's uh, I'm trying to think of like uh, um, it's real and uh, when when it affects somebody uh, one of the one, one of the calls that we did uh, way back when and this is team one and funny that you mentioned team one and flashpoint but flashpoint and uh, uh, and a good friend of yours and, yeah. and a friend of mine Hugh Dillon love them oh Hugh Dillon yes yeah, absolutely Hugh Dillon. God, shout bl- out to God Hugh. bless him God yeah shout out to Hugh uh, super 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 guy um that whole show was actually designed based on my team that I was on for 10 years, team one. And we actually, um, uh, one of my, uh, team leaders, my, one of my team leaders at the time, which taught me a lot about tactics, uh, God bless him. He's still a good friend of mine. Um, they consulted him for some of the tactics on this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually the patch that they wear on that show on their sleeve is the authentic team patch. Yeah, I think it's up on my reel over there. Yeah. Strength and honor. And, um, but, uh, yeah, PTSD, you know what, uh, it happens to, uh, like you said, the firefighters, it happens to medical personnel. It happens to, uh, uh, tactical guys and, and, uh, and it happens to teammates of mine. And, um, uh, and, and yes, it's it, it's real. It's it's complicated. Um, it's now it's out in the open. It's been coming out for a while, and unfortunately, uh, uh, suicide is is a big part of it. Unfortunately, when nobody uh, gets the help that they need. Uh, luckily, most of the people that I'm directly involved with uh, had a lot of uh, got the help that they needed, and um, and they they moved on. Um, it, it's funny how PTSD works. And if you never really experienced it, you wouldn't really know. And, uh, when it comes to myself, you know, it's funny that with all the shit that I've been through in terms of, uh, a lot of, um, death and killing and dead bodies that I've seen over the years. And we're talking many years since I was 18, that really the, the one thing that PTSD stood with me was actually with my mom. Um, you know, cause when she, she passed away, uh, unfortunately with cancer, which we all know somebody that died from cancer, Sure. but, uh, you know, she was in, re- she was in remission and, uh, she was 54 years old and, um, it came back and she had some other medical conditions, but I'll never forget it. Like I, I, we went to the doctors and he said, yeah, it's not looking good. We're really sorry. And it's uh, probably six months. And, and, uh, like we were devastated. Uh, the three of us, because it would just, it's just the, the, I imagine. because of our age, we were really tight. You know, my mom's a hippie, you know, my, my sister, my twin brother and my sister, we, you know, the way we've been through a you lot. You grew up together. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just, uh, it just, uh, we're very close. And then from that six months, uh, she was gone within 72 hours. That's how fast it was. And it was one of those um, graphic, graphic deaths. It's very graphic. And I'm not going to describe it because okay. it's very, very graphic. How it ended, her last breath. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was very, so I remember that. And uh, I'll never forget it because it was with my, uh, my other uh, family that I had. Um, we went to the hospital. My daughter had needed to get an x-ray for um, uh, something in her lungs, like um, the flu or pneumonia. Uh, pneumonia. pneumonia. Yeah, thank you. Sure. So you know how they, when they're really young, they, they, they put their arms mm-hmm. up and they put them in. The... So we go there and she does the x-ray. And then she went to a hospital bed. And I'll never forget it. So this is probably about three years after my mom passed away and we're at this hospital and it was, the bed was clean. It was white and I just, it just hit me and I never had an experience with this before. And it Mm. just hit me because I remembered my mom lying on that bed, clean white bed. And, uh, I told my, my ex-wife, I'm done. I can't be here. And I walked out and then I, I go outside and I'm thinking, fuck that's ptsd mm, it wow. just hit me so so for that was my experience but for guys in the field that i do it's real and i always tell guys uh because i have i've been involved in some we, we'll talk about some of the events that i've been involved in and uh it does involve taking a life and it's never easy but if you keep it bottled inside and you don't talk about it you're gonna have problems like uh, y'all think we're warriors and we're capable of doing some crazy shit and not and sleep good at night. No way, man. You think about this because, you know, it's never easy. Oh, human. Yeah. It's never easy taking a life. The the general public looks at police officers Mm -hmm. as being something above and beyond, but they don't realize that when you take off that uniform, you're just that guy or that gal. Right. Right. Um, it's oh my god! We're, how, we're human. Sorry, that we're story human. about uh, the yeah, my mom. Yeah, that's yeah. A pretty extreme. So yeah. How often does uh, I don't know if I'm taking us away or not, but if how often does PTSD exist in a normal man's life? You've seen a lot of things. Yeah. You've every, seen a lot of every, things. Does PTSD come every, into there at all? Everybody uh, deals with it, like has it differently. It could be like for me with like I said with all the shit that I've been through. Yeah, it, it really wasn't nothing anything to do, to do, with, do with your career. Nothing. Nothing, wow. and I've seen a lot mm. of bad things happen. I mean, and, I think we all have it in in like a, the littlest yeah. amounts, right? Yeah. And it, I don't know if PTSD is what you want to call it, well, but even uh, like a, a smell can bring us to grade seven dance, uh, or uh, right. something can bring us back. Right. So I imagine that it, it depends, it's a yeah. similar. It depends Scient- how you react. Sci- scientific yeah. idea or yeah. something. The reaction is really the ones that, 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 that uh, you know, if it's a significant reaction that causes you to uh, question either, like, what happened. And, and usually it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's after a certain amount of time. At least with me, it happened three years later. Like, I had to be, hmm. the, the, I had to be the rock of the family when that happened. And I know no emotion. And I could do that based on my career because I've been through a lot of shit. Sure. But uh, when it happened, I'm like, fuck, it's real, right? 
and uh, and and that's why I'm a big advocate. Uh, a shout out to all the people that promote PTSD. It is real. Uh, uh, we've lost a ton of people over the last uh, ten years through uh, uh, just they just can't deal with the events that they that they've been through in, in terms of uh, like so they just take their own lives. So so a situation in in you're on the job and in the mm-hmm. situation. I know uh, again we're, we'll get to this, but you're. You're negotiating, or right. you're you're talking mm-hmm. to somebody who's standing on a balcony, right? Who wants to jump? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the chances this person is dealing with PTSD, or is that well, something it, else? It, huh? it, it, it depends on the uh, uh, what the history is. Like you know what usually what happens when uh, uh, um, and say in my line of work as a, as a tactical unit when we get called to somebody that's uh, uh, threatening to kill themselves, it could be. It doesn't necessarily have to be jumping. It could be right behind a door. They've taken pills. It could mm. be a firearm. Sure. Um, and uh, it could be... Um, which is most often. Or, is, is which there... is very, uh, uh, you know, in our community, it's very popular, is, is actually suicide by cop, right? Right. Sure. Ah. So somebody that... They want you to shoot yeah, him. Right. So they don't have they the don't means... They don't have to take any sort of responsibility. Right. They, don't, they don't have the means sus- or... Uh, I'm not going to say the guts because that's not the right word. Uh, but they don't have the means. Uh, they just can't do it, and they want somebody to do it for them. Uh, so suicide by, by cop, even in Orange, is, is is very real, and uh, and and it and and, and it happens. Um, I think suicide takes a great deal of conviction. This person is making a decision that yeah. is incredible, mm-hmm. and I don't personally understand the step that they take over that transom to do that. Yeah. So that person who's not able to step over that transom mm-hmm. wants you to do it. Exactly, and and and, and again, and it's it, it's it becomes very. I mean, the end result is what the 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 person wanted, but it it's uh, for the person that actually didn't want to do it. What's usually from my end, um, it's tragic. Sure, it is. Like. We, we do, and this is something that I take pride in and for the unit that we're in, uh, we do whatever we can to prevent people from taking their own life. And I'm, a, I'm very, very passionate about that. Um, and we're very skilled at doing that. We do whatever we can to prevent somebody from taking their own life or if they really need help, uh, we will get them the help that they need if they allow us to. And, uh, and, uh, and we've had some incidents, uh, you know, and I, I, I've been there, done that, um, where it just, it, it doesn't work. Um, I gotta talk about one popular one, um, where actually it, it wasn't really that, uh, the case, but, uh, years ago, and this is one of the first calls that I've done. Uh, it was extremely public because, uh, uh, this gentleman, uh, his name was, uh, Ty Con, uh, Tyrone Con. I think I mentioned it to you. Yeah, about, you did. Because we were in uh, a, a mayor of Kingstown and right. we were at, May, at at Kingston Penn. We'll talk about that soon to lighten up this conversation because people came here to be entertained. Yeah. And now <laughs> we're all upset. No, well, no, no, this I, is entertaining. No, this no, is no, this I, is this is reality. It's entertaining yeah, in, no, no, in, in, in the education and and honestly yeah. in the experience. Nobody has the experience Not you that, have. No, no, Generally I'm speaking, so, nobody. So Tyrone Khan, and there is a little humor to this too, but well, not really. But <laughs> so Tyrone Khan became uh, like a, like he 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 is dead, 
um, he was a bit of a, a, a legend, a hero, so to speak. Uh, he's one of the only f the few that managed to escape out of Kingston Pen. And he was in there because he was a bad dude. He's wow. a robber. You know, he he's goes. He's a what? He's a robber, bank okay. robber. You know, he goes to banks and causes tellers to piss their pants. Yeah, fear. Oh, yeah, I hate and uh, so so the first time you told me it was shit their pants. Yeah. is that true? Well, it is. It, you know, a bit of both. I, yeah, <laughs> I think you, you can't control. Fuck. It. But uh, we 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 get we get the uh, you know so he's out and about. You know, he's escaped, and uh, I get the call, and uh, uh, we uh, we find him. And uh, we're negotiating with him. I wasn't the negotiator at the time. I was a uh, I was a regular SWAT guy. I think I was number two in the stack. And and we're talking to this guy, and we see him uh, through a window in a basement, and and he's holding a shotgun to his chest. Oh, Just holding a shotgun to his chest. And we're talking to him for actually quite a while. Uh, and then he's you know telling us to fuck off, blah 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 blah. Make a long story short, this this went for a while, right? Negotiations usually take a long time. And uh, and uh, and he's on the phone with uh, one of the, uh, uh, it's actually a CBC reporter that took a liking to him. I actually fell in love with him because of his history. She was interviewing him. and she took Really? Him. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. yeah. True story. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she's on the phone with him. She's talking to him. So we're letting him talk a little bit. And I don't know what they're talking about. But, uh, you know, you can hear him having a conversation. Uh, anyways, make a long story short. We tried to get him. Uh, with a with a, with a distraction device, it didn't really work. He's back, sitting with a shotgun again. And he's talking with her, and uh, and uh, and uh, and the firearm goes off. In we go. Uh, we 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 secure, and we have tactical medics. Remember, I said the highest level of paramedics in the uh -huh. city are tactical medics. They're an amazing group of guys and girls, and they help us. They follow us along to all the calls. That I we imagine do. they're hand picked. They are, there's extensive training, uh, and again, they are capable of doing uh, anything in the field, uh, administer the, 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 the highest level of medication, and, uh, and actually, thanks to them, there's less um, uh, fatalities in our line of work, because okay. they bring them back. I saw them in wow. action once on Eastern Avenue. They are amazing. For real? Yeah. No, 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 for real. I was going to the studio... And I saw they and they were all they've got helmets on mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, flag mm -hmm. jackets. The SWAT team was going to do yeah. some house, and the and the and the medical team hung back, yeah. and then they were brought in. It was I, I pulled Man. over. To, oh. I just pulled over Buddy, to watch. They it. are so skilled. It's 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 actually um, to see them work. And I used to be. I, I can't. I'm not even going to touch that level Ooh. because I was a kid. But these guys are awesome and the way they work and just it, it's just amazing to see but anyways uh here's tyrone khan's got a shotgun wound birdshot wow. to the chest and um and yeah so moving along um this is um he uh so the media of course they say oh yeah he committed suicide blah 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 death shoot uh, you know death by uh you know um you know because of us shotgun yeah whatever but no, that's not what happened. Did he die? No, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it was a, it was a blast in the chest. And, and, uh, but no, it was, it was an accident. He didn't kill himself. The gun went off. He was, you right, know, you through the saying... investigation, through the investigation, I mean, the, 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 the tapes revealed that, you know what? He didn't, he didn't say, okay, I'm done, boom. 
No, it was mid-sentence. Uh, Gun went off. So he was talking like this, yeah, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. So this, okay. this, this, is a, this is a person who has little experience with a firearm, yep. and his finger's on the trigger, yep. and he has no idea yeah. that you and, can actually hiccup and fire that yeah, gun. Especially he's taking, a shotgun. He's so, taking yeah. like final precaution. Yeah. He's basically trying to fool you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's just like we, we, like I said, we were talking to him, and then just the gun went off. And then when you look at the reports of the media, and he says, "Oh, he committed suicide," but uh, yeah, no, he didn't commit suicide. I imagine the media is uh, constantly maybe. fudging. You know what? All the shit that you do, bad, bad shit sells, right? So you know what? We've had a lot of um, you know incidents. Uh, yeah, a lot of calls that you know what? I got nothing against them that they have to do their job. Come on. Well, they're like they're running the world. The well, media now. is running the world. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, fine. Today, the, yeah. Today I imagine a even yesterday, the general yeah. public has an opinion of you. Yeah, based, based on, on the they media. tell right. them. True. You know, and and that's I, I I I agree with you. And and if I if I was so angry all the time about all the shit, the wrong stuff that they say about me, then I'd the world going, would I'd get be going sick. nuts. Yeah, I, but I just. You know what? Yeah, but I, I imagine that there are lower numbers in people like you, in cops or mm-hmm. or rescue uh, people who save lives every day right. because of the amount of attention mm-hmm. uh, pointed at them. Right. And 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 the constant ridicule and all the whatever. Yeah. It's gotta be. I mean, you come from a bit of a different time, yeah. I suppose. But yeah. guys that are entering your field today, god damn. Yeah, I, I don't even know why people enter your field today. I I have been on set. Mm-hmm. My my experience with police officers extend to um, the odd time I've gone too fast in my car and they <laughs> stop me to being on set. Mm-hmm. I have I have had an opportunity to work with the best SWAT guys, mm-hmm. including yourself. Yep. And you know who was on my team? Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're man. over your shoulder right yep. now on, on the wall. Um, to uh, what, what the fuck was my point? <laughs> what uh, media? Yeah, media. Yeah, uh, like why would you want to do? Why would? It just gets me so upset. My brain just goes blank. Um, it's it, it's the like, scotch like, probably helps. Yeah. You know you know what the media they they make uh, um, they 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 gotta sell whatever uh, they need to sell and sometimes they'll veer off the path of integrity and uh, unethical practices and to sell what they need to sell and okay whatever oh yeah oh so I think it was I don't it should piss you off way more than it does. Yes, yes, you know. But, okay, but hold on. So you're letting integrity take the The, top and let the media do their fucking thing. You know what he's doing is Mm -hmm. is his integrity doesn't allow him to put down theirs. Right, that's what I mean. So, you're right. So the media, but you you gotta know the media's fucking with all of us today. Yeah, yeah. Today, Look, yeah. they're not the most popular. Uh, There's no hundred percent stories right now. No, no. So it, it's just, 
Yeah, it's not to make this I, a media thing, but God, no, I, I, but I, I totally get the, what they, you're saying. There's just a lot of there's um, a yeah, but there's a lot of heroes and a mm-hmm. lot of lifesavers out there. There's a lot of douchebags mm-hmm. uh, that deserve the media's nonsense. But there's a lot of heroes and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who do a lot of heroic things. And then you know, like any normal human being, I mean, if there's a if there's a robot out there uh, that does something wrong, you can blame the robot. Right. But when there's a lot of human beings that do 99% of everything right because mm-hmm. they want to do right and they have integrity and respect for human nature or human human beings, uh, and then all of a sudden that one percent is because now I heard this somewhere and i i don't know where i heard it but uh something about cops playing lawyer at the exact same time they 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 look for instance um the school uh, the shooting that happened recently in texas yep um this is where i'd i'd heard this somewhere i don't know where it was exactly but uh someone said that the one of the main problems with what happened perhaps uh with uh uh, the cops not entering the school soon enough or whatever it might be or um or or a mother who's trying to save her child is 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 uh not allowed in the school or or is is stopped um is because a lot of cops are playing lawyer at the exact same time they're trying to figure out how they can be a cop and save lives while at the same time trying not to get themselves in shit yeah and thrown around what uh, obviously uh you know that's um in the uh, you know for for a while now that's in the back of the mind of all police officers I can all imagine. over the, uh, north america that you know they have to think they have to be accountable so what what, the, what what i'm saying is whatever they decide to do they have to be they have to justify their actions so Good you have to bad. be able to sit with that yeah. yourself. Well, you have to be legit. Well, sit with it is one thing, but you know, if you make a wrong decision, um, you can end up in jail. You go to court, yeah. you end up in jail. So a lot of people are uh, hesitating. And unfortunately, a lot of people are getting uh, hurt by it uh, in my neck of the woods, but also bad decision making on the other end. Do you, do you know what I mean? So like the the uh, the uh, the other half, meaning the people that they're dealing with, might get um, dealt with the wrong way based on the right. decision of the officers, where it wasn't really necessary. Um, but you know, but but you know what? I attribute that all to training. Like if you're trained properly, you'll make good decisions. Because at the end of the day, the good decision doesn't matter what anyone has to say after the fact. You, the good decision is really just what you were doing there and then. You're on the job. Cameras aren't a thing. People opinions aren't a thing. Right. Do you? Th- I mean, that must sway some people, especially nowadays. It does. It, it does. But 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 also at the end of the day, you you will have, you know, you have good cops that make sound decisions, and you have bad cops that make bad decisions and don't really care. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you an example of my experience with with somebody that's really bad, and it really touches base, uh, you know, close to home, because when I when I started on the job, uh, I was in a, a midtown uh, police uh, local police division. Remember, I told you about the Brat Pack. 
Yeah. So yeah. there were three guys with me, Brat Pack, and one of them was my BFF. And, um, and, uh, Your so boyfriend for life. Yeah. Right. So, so good dude, good dude, married, no kids. And, uh, but that year when we were really close, I went to ETF and, uh, emergency, emergency task, force. emergency task force. Yes. Which is the tactical team, uh, tactical <clears throat> unit for, 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 for Toronto. And, uh, so I go and this was 94 and, uh, like I said, we were, best friends. I introduced him to my family. Uh, we, we hung out, uh, all the time. Uh, um, and, uh, so here I am, I go to ETF my first year there and, uh, I haven't spoken to him in a year. We totally disconnected because I was so, uh, pumped, you know, getting to a tactical unit, want to work on my career, don't want to deal with any other shit. Uh, because you know, he was one of those guys that always, you know, like to do weird things. And, um, and he calls me one day and he says, Hey, Sean, it's, uh, so-and-so. Well, yeah, I can say his name because, uh, whatever. Ah, it's Piero. Uh, uh, you know, it's been a long time. He says, Oh, Piero, I haven't spoken to you in a year. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He says, Oh, you know what? Let's catch up. Let's go for breakfast. And I said, all right. Yeah. Pick me up. I'm at, uh, you know, at the time I was living in the uh, Bayview and Shepherd area. So I'm in my, uh, apartment and I'm waiting and, um, and my, my, my ex-wife, well, at the time we were married, we, we already had a wedding. I had a bunch of cops there, senior officers. Piero was one of my best men. He like, uh, with my brother, they, they attend him and, uh, and he's supposed to pick me up for breakfast. So I'm waiting, 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 nine, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning is a weekday and he's not showing up I'm like, what the fuck? So. I get a phone call from my cousin, uh, happens to be from the same neck of the woods, you know, Italian. He says, hey, Sean, how's it going? I said, I'm good. You know, and Piero, man, stood me up. We're supposed to meet for breakfast. He says, turn on the TV. So I'm like, I turn on the TV. He says, put on CP24. I put on CP24. Sure as shit, our holdup unit took Piero down, like uh, uh-huh. stopped him right outside my place. Arrested him, and it turns out that this fucking guy, talking about cops going bad, this guy got arrested for armed robbery. Jeez. And it turns out that he was part, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a Loomis car, armored car robbery. I know it. And it was a cop. Yeah. And and I think it was a cousin and whatever uh, deal with Loomis. And and that fucking guy. It was an inside job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Piero was involved. A police officer. Wow. So here I am. Wow. So here I am. I'm like thinking like, oh my God. Like I was really upset because he was really, I was really close to him. And I'm like, my. And you were hungry. I was, <laughs> I was very hungry. <laughs> the goddamn breakfast. <laughs> and, uh, and here he's like, my best friend gets arrested for armed robbery. And I like, so my whole family gets investigated for, for money laundering. My, my my cousins and whatnot. Wow, really? And my partners. Because of, because of the association? Yeah. Wow. Well, because he hung, he hung out with my family. And uh, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to call me. And sure shit, nothing. I heard nothing from them. But 
on the on the on the flip side of thing, my my wedding, my first uh, marriage and my wedding, it's all on videotape from surveillance from the holdup squad. I'm like, geez, if I would have known, I would have saved money on the video from the wedding. Are you shitting me? Yeah, they videotaped the whole thing because they wanted to see. Like what's going on? They were following him at the time, and I didn't know. Think if if you give credits, you have to say the Toronto Police Force. <laughs> yeah, I just you know what? I I just I wish I had the table. I would have saved a lot of money on the regular yeah. table. But it, you know, it just uh, you know, and everybody's joking around. Ah, you gave me money. It's buried in the backyard. I wish he did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, oh, and, I remember you telling me. Bruce. Yeah, he 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 tried to reach out to me um, while I was at you know at my unit. Um, after a while. He was in jail. He got convicted. He did hard time. Jeez. And he tried to reach out to me. And I, and I said, I, I, I yes. asked him on the phone. I says, buddy, I can't associate myself Sorry, with yeah, you. Totally. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and that was the end of it. And uh, sometimes, Shit. you know what, even, even to this day, because like, he's out. He's out and about. I don't know what he's doing. Something. Yeah, but he's paid his debt. He did. He Why did he do it? He, he was always that guy that talked about, I'm going to be rich one day. Oh, really? Okay. But, uh, you know, I bumped into his, uh, well, now it's his ex-wife. She's moved on. And, uh, but I always, I know he's out there. And every time I see somebody that looks like him, I get the butterflies. Like, because I've never seen him. I know he's out there, but I can't imagine bumping into him. And then like now and saying, oh, fine. Like, what do you say? So cops, you know, cops cops go bad. Cops go bad, make bad decisions. Cops are people. Yes, yes. They're they're made up of people. Mm -hmm. People are Mm -hmm. bad. All people. No, just shit happens, man. (laughs) You know, I've had some friends and, you know. I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. And I'm not even, when I go, "Mm," I don't even care about them. In part, they're my buddies. It's all good. Uh, And, and, um, you know, things have been years. But I still sit down and have a beer with them. Mm-hmm. You know what made you do that? This? Oh, okay. You yeah. paid your time. Yeah. See, I believe in the capitalist system. I I believe in the the um, what do you call it? The the judicial system that mm-hmm. if you do something wrong and someone judges you accordingly right. and you do your time, that's your debt. And if you've paid your debt, right, I'm happy about that. Um, that's what society Generally. is supposed to be. Right. How, how, some, some people, no, sorry. Some people will say, oh, well, I don't think he spent enough time or did whatever. Well, that's up. Well, yeah, I don't know. You're yeah. not the judge. Somebody judged it mm-hmm. and, and I have to accept that. Right. But again, a judge and a jury are all made up of humans. Exactly. How often, in your opinion, uh, does it, does that actually uh, is that legit? I mean, it, I mean, do, do people get out and have done their time, or well, uh, too see, much, too little? Some child molester gets out. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it depends, let's just right? Do this son of a it's bitch. Got to depend. Know. It's it's just it's it's unfortunate. Like you know, you have some extremes where you know the death penalty, genetic, um, fucking. But you, you know what? Some people just reoffend. I mean, in my line of work, I mean, uh, we've picked up people multiple times. I imagine that's uh, actually and, very uh, common. Every cop friend I've ever had yeah. said the same yeah. thing. And, and that's one of those things where uh, because I live, uh, I went through my whole career without uh, major stressors is because, hey, all I do is catch them right? or make it safe for the investigators to do their stuff. Whatever happens afterwards it's not under my control. I Does have it no frustrate control. you? 
Does uh, it frustrate you to arrest the it, same guy three, four, five, six times? It whatever frustrates it is? me as a civilian in this world where I have kids, I have family, I have friends that have family, and to see to see somebody that um, doesn't really care, you know, like uh, they, they don't care. They 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 come from all uh, all over the world, and uh, and 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 I they, imagine for some some uh, people uh, that. Like I always, I always, in in my heart, I feel bad for kids that when they went to school, every kid hates school. Okay, I'm not saying school is bad. Right. I'm just saying that most kids, my kids, they they don't want to go to school. They want to be home. Mm-hmm. But there are kids that go to school and don't want to go home. They're afraid to go right. home. Afraid to go home to mom or dad or whoever right. it is. Um, and they actually re- uh, rely on school for their, their betterment of their life. Right. So <clears throat> I imagine also that uh, uh, a bad guy, mm-hmm. a criminal of sorts, perhaps doesn't give a shit about the outside world because it's no better than what they have on the inside and in prison. Yeah. Is that... Well, it could be, but they also take a risk, right? They know, especially in the uh, the laws of this country, that you know what you can do something, which to you and I might sound extreme, but let's say nobody gets hurt, and they know, okay, well, they'll get probation, or they'll be out in three years and be they good know behavior. The rules. They know, you know it. good behavior. They'll be out in a year, right? And uh, and then they'll have uh, you know go back to their uh, life of crime. So. You know, but it's 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 when people are affected, as you know, not property, people. Like now, you know, uh, firearms offenses, people get shot. You know, parks. You know, you see kids getting shot um, from stray bullets. I mean, we all hear yeah, it lately, and that. it's uh, you know, uh, gun crime has uh, constantly rose in the last uh, ten years, and and it's not necessarily because the the level of the quality of policing has gone down. It's just because the restrictions have gone up, so their job has become tougher. To um, keep talking, Shawnee. Make it, yeah, you know, make it safer for for our communities. Like they're 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 being held back to do what they wanted to do. Like when I joined, you, you know, uh, uh, thirty-two years ago, uh, it was not uncommon to go, let's say, in a neighborhood at uh, three in the morning and you see something that doesn't look right, you can approach that individual and talk to them and say, hey, buddy, like, like, why do you have a flashlight and a screwdriver in your hand? Hmm. Mm, there's a clue. I don't know. Like, uh, you know, um, but, you know, now they can't do that. Right. So now now they have to be um, the, 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 the type and style of policing has changed so much that. And, and and you know what? Unfortunately, or fortunately, like bad guys know that. Bad guys know that you know policing has changed, and they're capable of getting away with a little bit more compared to let's say thirty years ago, thirty-two years ago. And that's unfortunate. A friend of mine, uh, who, uh, one of my best friends who passed away, his dad was a sergeant of detectives or whatever it is in mm-hmm. London, Ontario, mm-hmm. and he once told me that in his day. If he saw something flash in the night, he shot it. He said he could walk up to anyone and just punch them in the face and say, what are you doing downtown? Yeah. Um, Good old I'm, days. Yeah, that's I'm not what saying they called that that's them the way that police should Wayne. be. 
<laughs> but the problem is, is that I get to work with a lot of cops. And when you sit with a lot of cops who are not trying to protect themselves, mm-hmm. and it's just conversation, and it's real, they'll tell you they know exactly. They know exactly who's holding. They know who's got guns with them. Mm-hmm. They know that that car is full of gangbangers, mm-hmm. and they all got guns. And they can't talk about it. They can't stop them. They can't walk up to them. Then there's cops that apparently you have, you have some kind of form now you fill out. Yeah. And coppers won't do it because it mm-hmm. takes time and it's and it it's useless. Yeah. So why walk up to somebody and say you're a bad guy? Here's a form. Fill out. And then yeah. on the other side, it tells you how to complain about me. Yeah. Who the fuck come up with that system? You know, it's it's unfortunate. Like, you know, to be honest, uh, the frontline officers in the country have like the hardest job in the world. I'm kind of sheltered, uh, like, because I was a beat cop for just a little bit. And back then, we didn't have those issues. If you wanted to frontline, like the regular, the regular like the guys guy. and the and the cars on the street yeah, yeah, that yeah. respond to calls, uh, call after call after call. Yeah. Now, for for me, like you know, when it comes <clears> to uh, uh, SWAT work, um, we're usually we get there and it's usually we get some intelligence, right? So the officers, let's say, would, uh, their frontline officers would respond, let's say, uh, uh, we got uh, sound of gunshots from inside that house and uh, we contained it uh, and then they get some information, who lives there, blah, blah, blah. And then they call us or dispatcher calls us and say, hey, listen into this and then I'll make the decision, uh, are we going or not? <clears throat> As a gun team sergeant, uh, I mean, I started as a regular operator, but I moved up the chain. Sure. And as a gun team sergeant, uh, I would, uh, you know, see, you know, listen to it and then make the determination. Unless they ask us, hey, we need the SWAT, what's, we need the SWAT team here. Then I would call and say, okay, well, what do you got? And and then we go. Um, so we already know, like, it's, it's not, um, we have some information before we get sure. there. Uh, where regular cops don't have that, so right, so they work on, you know, they're just, the they're first, just radio. Well, shit. radio call, but they'll walk up to the house, so they're in the they're they're they got the hot zone, right? So they they don't know what they're walking into till they start their investigation, yeah, right? That's interesting. Oh wow. yeah, no, they're and, and that's where a lot of cops get hurt because lack of training, complacency. Right. So they, they go there and ah, kind of relax. Maybe, you know, if it's a guy with a sound of gunshots uh, and uh, first of all, why would you walk up to the house? And that's number one. Why would you stand in front of the door or window? That's number two. Um, that's lack of training. Lack of training uh, and complacency. Right. Ah, you know, it's not going to happen in our city. Or whatever. So, yeah, stuff like that. So, like, I've been kind of sheltered uh, because, uh, you know, most of my career was with SWAT. So it's 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 a little bit different. You know what? A buddy of mine. Who worked in Hamilton here? Mm-hmm. Um, he told me I asked him uh, what was the scariest cr- moment. You know, to, me curious, whatever. Um, he said that really he had never been in a moment where he thought we was just so scared. Uh, but 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 one in particular was. That when he went up to a house, he they were asked just to check on a house. It wasn't there was nothing going on, whatever. But he, they knew the house. Mm-hmm. It was uh, I'm I, I think it was like a a, a drug 
you know, dealing sort of situation, whatever the, how, however you call that. And then, uh, uh, but they would always or, or often, uh, live in an up uh, like a second floor situation or something where a staircase with two walls was always the case because they knew that as the cops would come up that staircase, they were trapped. Mm-hmm. And oh, he and and he said that to him, he didn't. They weren't even asked to go for any real reason other than a checkup. And uh, when they entered the the house, and they looked up the staircase and saw the door was closed, and they did all their knocking, or you know, they were down here mm-hmm. uh, doing all their whatever. And he said nobody's answering, nobody's doing anything. Okay, and he said that the hair on the back of his neck would rise, and he would actually put his hand on his gun or on his pistol, and he was sitting there going, "It would just be better if we just didn't." Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said uh, that moment he just turned around and they just walked out. Let me tell you a story about something like that. Okay, uh, this is this is this is my first hot call at ETF. This is uh, Team One. We got a call. It's a home invasion and and um, and uh, bridal path area. Okay, um, beautiful area. Beautiful area. Toronto. Something that I will never live in. Well, we do we can do movies there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, shot, I believe movies, Drake yeah. has a home there. <laughs> he okay. does. He does. He does. A good friend of mine. Yes. Uh, not, <laughs> so good dude. He has the key to the city, right? Because he's done so much, right? Right. Knows uh, your dad, Mick yeah, Jagger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's done, yeah. He's <laughs> right. done a lot. yeah. Put a lot of people back in jail. Anyways, so we go to this call. It's a home invasion. So the information that we got, we get there because uh, we're not far, right? Our unit is not far from uh, that area. And we, uh, I was just, uh, like I said, regular operator. It was my first call, like one of my first calls. I was in the stack. And what happened was uh, the local division, they get a call of a silent alarm. So they get there. And uh, they go to the, the side door because nobody was answering the front door. They go to a side door. And just like you pictured, it's, uh, the door opens. There's a, 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 an, a, an Asian male at the, uh, at the, opens the door. And uh, two, like a stairwell that goes down to the basement, wall on each side. His friend is behind him. And uh, the, the the two officers that came there, he says, "Oh, is everything okay? We uh, we got a silent alarm." He says, "Yeah, yeah, come on downstairs." So they the cops go down first. Oh, and these guys are behind them, and I don't know how that happened. Maybe they came outside and now they're going downstairs. They were talking outside and they go downstairs, oh, I see. but okay. they they're walking downstairs. And when they get downstairs, so picture this: they're in the, like a big basement type uh, setup. Uh, there was about eight uh, Asian uh, teenagers, male and female. The two guys that opened the door, they're on the side. Uh, and uh, actually, there were three in there because only two came upstairs. One was downstairs. And in the middle, they're all standing in a circle. In the middle, there was a pile of purses, wallets, phones, right in the middle. And the cops are like, uh, you know, um, something doesn't look right, right? And then one of the girls screams. One of the bad guys pulls out a handgun. These two cops run up the stairs. They bail. Run up the stairs. Chaos ensues. Uh, and then they lock it down. We get called. You know, okay, okay, you know okay. So this is the information. I see. Yeah. 
So this, these are, yeah, uniform cops first. Yes. yes. Okay, yeah, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So they, and then they call us. They, they, they run out. Called ETF. Well, uh, how? Sorry. How many cops were there? Just the two? Yeah. Uh, they, they were the initial responders. I mean, it's a home Holy invasion. Fuck. So eventually, like back in those days, uh, um, when, when a hot call came in, everybody goes. So you, you, you probably had more. I just can't remember. Just this okay, is just okay. the details. Yeah. It's been a while. Sure. Uh, you know, as I'm getting old, you know. I'm going with two because yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds better. Sounds more exciting. So we get there <laughs> and uh, uh, they said that, oh, they contain the place and blah, blah, blah. And, and all the victims, somehow, all the, the people managed to get out, out windows, outdoors. And they said, oh, they're still down there. They're still down there. While we're on the door, so no, no good guys are inside. Just bad guys. Gun goes off. So we open the door, and uh, because there's no, um, no like like uh, the, the 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 residents of the house, they're all outside. No, they're all good. They're all okay. So really, if it's only a bad guy, there's no rush to run in there. It's not a hostage taking anymore. Just a person with a gun. Right. Okay. Home invasion. Bad guys. Two bad guys. Two or three. So uh, yeah, and eventually we get down there, and uh, while we were moving down the stairs to start clearing the place, another round goes off. So so now we're moving a little bit quicker because we're already inside, right? And we're clearing the place. A dog, um, there was actually a dog in there, uh, um, a Sharpe. And, uh, <laughs> an aggressive Sharpe, apparently. It was an aggressive Sharpe. And <laughs> so we're going through and I'm with uh, a couple of my partners and we're starting to clear the basement and we, we hit a bathroom and it was locked. So we, we breached it, and sure enough, we have one guy with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, would, whoa. Yeah. So so what happened was, so anyways, we cleared the whole place. We found the Sharpe. The Sharpe is a motherfucker. So, hey, he took off. No, oh, Sharpe took off down the street. Everybody ran. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we got this guy. He self-inflicted. <laughs> so we're missing two more. So we had a couple of dog guys come by. And we started searching the neighborhood, um, and eventually we uh, did. Uh, um, it's funny, like uh, dogs are great. Okay, like dogs and, and, and the police service are amazing, but sometimes they miss. Right, they get tired, they miss. Uh, I remember going through a backyard with one of the dogs, and uh, the dog did a circle. We usually hold points, so we contain it, let the dog do his sniffing, and if he finds something, he'll bark. And dog comes out, we're moving to the next, and then we go in and clear ourselves just to make sure, right? Sure as shit, there's a shed there. I go in, and, and I have my partner covering from another side. I open the door, sure as shit, another bad guy there. He's got a bunch of jewelry on him, and uh, so we take him down, and that was the two. The third we never found. Um, but yeah, it just shows you, like, they were so lucky, those officers uh, from that local division, that um it was just i don't know they just uh first of all they shouldn't complacency they shouldn't have gone down the stairs and especially in front of the bed oh, yeah they well they didn't know they didn't know right that's lack of training right right so it just uh that was my first hot call at, at my unit so i can't uh, help but think about the sharpie yeah where has the sharpie gone well, you know what i think the sharpie met the police dog yeah and they and hooked up puppies. in the shed it took <laughs> off it took off it went down the street Gone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Bye-bye. they located down the road, but I just, uh, okay. yeah, that was my, that was my introduction to my unit. And, uh, and then just snowballed from there. Like, uh, you know, you're talking about 
um, <laughs> what was the worst call, like the most call that kind of stood in the back of him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know what? After a while, you do so many calls that it's really hard to pinpoint <laughs> one or the other. Like, of course. You, yeah, they're yeah, very course. intense. Blend in. It's all about training, right? And it's something that, like, my wife, uh, like, we, we talked about. You know, people tell me, oh... You know, it's so dangerous and oh, it's full of stress. And I, I tell him, I says, it's actually the opposite. It's it's dangerous, but I, I got no stress. I don't. And, and and I truly believe it because when you look at the, the skill set of our unit and then I have eight to ten guys watching my ass. Equally as trained. Yeah, they're like my bodyguards. Yeah, man. Like it would have to be a really, really bad day for something terrible. You to trust happen. these guys in your life. Okay, every so single big person. Time. That I a couple things I need to. Okay, so I have several friends mm-hmm. who are um, corrections officers. Mm-hmm. One of them revealed a couple weeks ago that he will never take his family shopping in a mall west of Milton. I believe it. Why? Well, oh, east, because... east of Milton. Sorry, yeah. east of Milton because of the gang violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then they started to list the names of the gangs mm-hmm. that are here in town. Mm-hmm. And I say in town, I mean Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think really, I... Really, really? Yeah, really, really. Well, he's, he's, but, but he's also because he was a corrections officer, he's identifiable, right? So is that is that the reason why he was scared, or he's just scared in general? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. The odd time they have some people walk up, hey, boss. Yeah, yeah. you know that that would make me. But you know what? Um, you know, if you if you finish your career, do your job. I mean, it shouldn't be anything personal, but you do your job and with integrity and and, and being ethical. I mean, I mean, I know a lot of these gangbangers. They don't believe in that, but I mean. If he treated them with, you know, with respect, I mean, that's part of... Okay, so that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, if uh, if you're a gangbanger, mm-hmm. I mean, really, how often is it kept with inside the gang? The whole the crime, the, like, the, sh- like the shots the, fired, whatever The question is, d- does the general public have anything to fear? Good, yeah, yeah, that's a good, good Well, good we, we, you know, uh, you know the, like, no offense to... Uh, you know they're not as skilled as us, right? So when they fire, hold firearms like you see in the movies, right? And they hold it like this, yeah. And they're firing around the corner or holding a gun, like who are they hitting? But the sure. intent, the intent is gang. True. The the end result might be yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, but there's always. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to call it collateral damage because it's not, you know, there's always innocent victims, you know, a bullet doesn't go, um, hit somebody and just dead stops. Like, you know, it goes through somebody fragments, it'll hit a metal post fragments. There's other people that will get hurt from, from, you know, yeah, I can only imagine. So, okay. So I think Andrew's already warned you about this, but um, what's your opinion on on the government's anti self defense uh, gun laws? With gun laws. Gun laws. Um, freezing here, on here's pistols. The thing. Here's, here's pistols. the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. So, I, and people, I'm just, people, I'm just from, yeah. a, from a police no, no. officer's uh, yeah. perspective, everybody knows in my community that you know what. 
uh, most of the violence, the gun violence that happens within the gang community, um, they, they, they don't care about laws and paperwork and firearms and they will get their hands on a firearm and they pay good money for firearms from anybody that has them that brings them across the border. Um, Listen, and wait. you can't stop it. You can't stop it. For real? Can't stop gun smuggling. Is this smuggling. real? Mm-hmm. You can't okay, stop gun continue. smuggling. What do you mean? What do you mean? I can't believe that criminals aren't doing criminal things. <laughs> oh, fuck. No, I continue, yeah. continue. No. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I thought it was something Holy fuck. I, yeah. thought it was, I actually thought it was something good. My son's humor. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? Uh, it's frustrating. Um, I'm not, a, I'm actually not a, a, a gun weenie. Like, I have my own. Sure. But You're just I'm not, a weenie. I just don't. Did uh, I mention I, I you think, guys are buddies? I think they're going the wrong, uh, uh, wrong route. I think if they increase the the laws the charges but on they're gun lessening them yes they are they're and, literally and yes, lessening yes, them yes they are like you what's can, you the can, point you, yeah. you can for you what can reason use, yeah. you can use a firearm and 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 hit a child or hit a person or hit a woman and uh and and if they don't uh, they, they won't die. it's not a fatality um you get bail okay and, so you just a second you use a firearm mm-hmm. you shoot somebody mm-hmm. by mistake mm-hmm. and you get bail you'll get bail but you're not supposed to have that gun in its. Oh my God! Yeah, for the most part, I'm not. I'm not a lawyer. No, no, no. But, I, no uh, believe uh, you me, know, I might I, be off. I'm not off by far because uh, uh, it's just anybody that wants to obtain a firearm uh, to for illegal purposes to commit a crime can do it. No problem. 100%. I mean, uh, you know, and, and the people that own firearms, uh, at least uh, you know that I'm from, like you know what we're we're. We're we're not the problem. I mean, that's just a band aid to appease um, the. Um, you know, I'm not. Look, people I, who are frightened. I'd love to know why. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. interrupt you. No, sorry. Uh, but I but I would love to know why this law, like you like you just said. Yeah, I I don't know. Kind of band aid. You know what? Why? It's it's uh you know uh and and the the problem that we have is they really pull us into a North American problem. Which realistically, whatever happens south of the border, is is they have major issues, but it really is not the same issues that we have up here. But they pull us in the same group. But for a reason. I mean, don't you think? No, for I an mean, ad- as, not for a reason. For an agenda. Mm-hmm. For an agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I imagine, uh, as someone who has negotiated and mm-hmm. done what you've done your whole life, that you understand that uh, when. Is the the someone could could be telling the truth for two hours, and I imagine that the moment they start lying, that you kind of get that, and in another way, you understand that it's because they have some kind of other mm-hmm. underlying uh, agenda, whether mm-hmm. it be a, a wife or a friend or a, or somebody mm-hmm. else's uh, uh, influence. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a reason. Right. There's got to be a reason. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I, I, I'm not a, like most of people in my community are obviously not on board with the direction that uh, um, our government is going right now. Um, to be honest, I, I, you know, I really believe it's horseshit and it's really putting a bandaid on something that will never, that mandate will get ripped off like with water the next day. It's just yeah. impossible. That's what it seems like impossible. I, th- I think the general, the general voting public. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is nowhere near the size of the law-abiding mm-hmm. handgun owners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way larger. Mm-hmm. So if they can sway, if they can appease those who are frightened of firearms, mm-hmm. who have never had experience with them, mm-hmm. um, they will continue to vote for that particular uh, party. Um, those of us who are firearms owners, mm-hmm. who are vetted by the RCMP every 24 hours mm-hmm. as a result of having that particular license, mm-hmm. um, are being penalized. Yep. And from what I understand now, um, the liberal government, mm-hmm. um, they've banned assault type weapons mm-hmm. are now banning or are, are, are putting into place um, the legislation or whatever it takes to ban hunting rifles. Um, when I was a kid, I used to own a thirty thirty Winchester rifle lever mm-hmm. action. And I love that gun. Oh, it's so cool. Oh no. I love that gun. It's, um, I'm an old Western fan. Mm-hmm. If you look over your, my left shoulder, oh, I see it. Um, that belonged to a friend of mine who was a stuntman who died at the age of 82 and left me that gun. Sweet. That holster. Um, Poppy. Yeah. Poppy Jim. Poppy Jim. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, I was very good at it. Mm-hmm. I could shoot a Winchester rifle like no tomorrow. <laughs> and now these guys are banning that gun from regular so my question is um if they banned an AR15 mm-hmm. which does not represent our uh, assault rifle mm-hmm. um and they had a reason to do it because yeah. of all the mass shootings mm-hmm. what is the reason for banning the hunting rifles now I just would say probably to get votes. Yeah. I, I, I see nothing. Is that really him? I, I, I don't know. It's just something. It's To me, it's just a, a, a false reaction to something that, that there's no. It's 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 waste of money, waste of time. Yeah. It's not going to work. Um, and, uh, and I don't think they're going to like, I think if they're going to go that route, I think they'll ban further purchase. I don't think that they will. They will grandfather who has it and then maybe increase the vetting, like in terms of what you would need in I think order it's magazine, to succession. I think yeah. it's magazine capacity. Yeah, which, yeah. So, um, but at the end of the day, um, um, well, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I, can, I won't even say his name. Uh, that will never change the 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 uh, the, the level of gun violence um, in, in at least not in the GTA uh, because if somebody's motivated to get a, a firearm uh, of, of any type and commit uh, any type of horrendous uh, gun gun type crime uh, they're gonna do it and they're gonna get it uh, so our borders are wide open there's you're, no you're talking about one name. Uh, starts with opposite of false, mm-hmm. and uh, the second part of the first one name um, is female deer. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you see why I became a SWAT guy? I'm a gorilla. It's all, it's all good. Uh, um, yeah, we got it, right? See, I have above your shoulders there. Listen, you, just, you, all the you audience can't do. see it, but we have a, uh, an original 1950s oh, yeah. Red Ryder BB gun oh, yeah. and, and, a, and an anniversary issue. You know what? It's unfortunate because there are steps that they can take, and to me, it, it all ends up uh, the 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 um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, if somebody commits a crime, um, do the time, and especially if it's with a firearm, it should be like from, well, from I thought it's uh, like five years minimum with uh, with a crime with a firearm. I agree, and then no bail. For them, for them to start to actually eliminate time, mm -hmm. uh, to lessen the uh, penalty mm -hmm. for the for gun crime is incredible. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So, uh, I want to move on to um, movies, <laughs> but mm -hmm. before we do, um, do you have an opinion on self defense? In terms of what? Like uh, the ability, the, 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 um, so if somebody breaks into your house, is that type of self-defense or, you know, I, that, that, that brings something to mind as, as a, as a gun owner, mm -hmm. um, and a self-defense proponent for most of my life, mm -hmm. um, people have always asked if someone breaks into my house, what would you do? No, no. If someone breaks into my house, can I shoot him? So my, You've never been able to do that. No, no, Canada. just a second. Have you? So it's not it's not a question whether you can shoot him. It's do I have to shoot him? So if someone is coming into my house and they're stealing my TV, I don't have to shoot him. Mm -mm. But if someone is on top of my wife stabbing her, I have to shoot him. Yeah. There's a difference. Yes. So as a self-defense proponent, I want people to be incredibly intelligent about their decisions in the blink of an eye, mm -hmm. on what to do and when to do it. So if I have a firearm and it's readily accessible and someone is stealing my television and they're walking out my front door, I will tell them to enjoy Netflix. Mm -hmm. If someone was hurting my children or my, my lady, um, I have to make a decision within the blink of an eye and I think I know that answer. So mm -hmm. what you're saying is that that is a smart TV. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Okay, go. Uh, no, I, I gave I, birth I, to I, this kid. <laughs> you I did? I love that. Well, somebody <laughs> did. Sorry. Yeah, Mick Jagger. Um, you know what? Um, I, I'm totally on board with you. Like uh, it's one of those things, and I think about it a lot uh, because I'm kind of in the same group. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you would have to justify. Anytime you do something, you got to justify the level of force that you use to eliminate the threat. Sure. That's it. Do you have to justify? Yes. No, yeah. I will always do that. Oh, they um, have. Of course so they let's say if somebody, I, like you yeah. said, if somebody, you know, if somebody breaks into my house, um, you can articulate that that he's there to hurt your family. Um, but you have to prove that. Yes. Yes. Let, let's yes. say I had. Let's say I had yes. a friend who was a who was a police officer mm -hmm. who. Is this a joke? <laughs> 
No, no. This is... Uh, <laughs> you never know. Is, uh, you never know, and I'm sure a joke will flow through this somehow. Mm. But no, let's say for real, I had a friend who was a police officer and uh, shot a guy once who didn't go down, attacking mm -hmm. him with a knife, mm -hmm. let's just say. Yeah. And he didn't go down, so he shot him again. And wasn't totally sure about it and shot him number three. And let's just say that in the court of law, uh, the third shot was justified as being too many. Well, like my, you know, and then your friend goes down. Yeah. And he gets. You, 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 when it comes to our world, you have to stop the threat. That's it. Simple as that. So yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with you. There was an American. Um, police officer mm -hmm. i want to call him a sheriff but i don't know who he was in court the judge asked him why he shot that guy so many times and he said because i ran out of bullets <laughs> so it but it makes yeah. no, just a second it makes absolute sense though i have friends who you're right dave yeah. <laughs> i have friends um our friend is uh, dying in the other room um <laughs> I have I have friends who went to Vietnam, mm -hmm. and um, with an M sixteen semi automatic sort of machine gun, mm -hmm. blew people's chests out. Their lungs are on the ground behind them as they continue to run at you to shoot you or stab you. Mm -hmm. So as as um, they just hold they just hold their breath, right? Yeah, they were hold, they were they were holding their breath. <laughs> Fuck, people are gonna listen to this shit. So, um, everything else we were saying is serious. Keep uh, going. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, I lost my train of thought. M sixteen lungs but on the ground. Yeah, I absolutely understand. So I I learned a long time ago that when you find a, a handgun, especially, you got a nine mil handgun. It's not going to stop. A, it doesn't stop a whole lot. No. And I was told, what you have to do is drill a hole. Just continue going. Boom, 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 boom. You tell me if I'm wrong. Well, you know what? Uh, yes and no. Uh, when it comes to your selection of where you actually point. Sure. You know, uh, it's it, it is about placement too, right? Because the the the, the chances of you with a nine mil, especially, uh, to actually um, stop the threat. I mean, bodies are big. If you're not hitting in the right place, uh, one bullet. You're right. For a motivated individual that knows you're trying to kill him, well, or or he's trying to kill you, and right. the result you're trying to. For a motivated individual, and it will take. Uh, more than one round if your placement is not where it needs to be and most people aren't that great a marksman no no and that's uh and it all comes down to training and uh you know stress levels and how you react to instinctive shooting and all that kind of stuff so uh and that's mm. something that you know we'll, we'll train um um uh, I'm not going to say how we train because it's uh it's not appropriate for this uh, setting but sure. we train to hit uh, certain places to eliminate the threat with the least amount of, of rounds that we need. And that includes uh, uh, long-range uh, rounds, rifles. And, and now a lot of days, kind of like what happened in BC, 
which is a copycat crime of what happened in Los Angeles way back when, is oh, body just armor. recently the body yep, armor yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. They they had they had uh, ballistic armor wrapped around their legs, wrapped around their arms. I worked with the, one uh, of the coppers. Yeah, uh, from L.A. Yeah, uh, no, we're talking L.A. I'm talking Vancouver. Yeah, but I worked but, with one of the oh, cops really? that took them down yeah. in L.A. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was crazy. And Vancouver uh, and just the, happened. Yeah, the one the one in Vancouver a couple crazy. weeks ago, and unfortunately, we'll never know the motive. But uh, they weren't there to rob a bank; they were there to ambush cops. Well, don't you think that now, in the times that we're living in, with the, all the uh, bullshit, you know, bullshit, insanity, whatever mm-hmm. is going on. Uh, that people have motives of all different wacky kinds on un, mm-hmm. un, un, uh, mm-hmm. uh, unpredictable types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that can go down to uh, it could be uh, um, hate motivated, uh, which that uh, happens. Uh, I think that's what happened in Chicago. Uh, very oh. recent. That was hate motivated. Have you uh, seen that video? No, I actually haven't. And that's one of those things like oh I really God. try. It, it's one of those things that keeps my sanity. It's it's uh, like, uh, you know, really who opens up on a roof on a parade? You oh, know, oh, that's I'm, the one I'm, I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about the one in the grocery store. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Whoa, what the fuck? Have you yeah. seen the video? No. It's disgusting. <clears throat> I haven't seen it. No. Uh, yeah, and, that, that and, would just make me angry. <laughs> you know what really fucking pisses me off? Mm. Is this racist motherfucker. Mm-hmm went into this store oh yeah 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 wasn't that in 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 ohio no i think it was buffalo Mm. correct me if i'm wrong maybe maybe, but i understand that i apologize to anyone uh, but it was a store that was uh predominantly african-american yes that's correct uh, yeah he walked into that store he videotaped himself and fucking put it on the internet as he pulled in and he got out did his thing. He went into the store, and I forgive me, people, for um, this fucking racist cocksucker went in, and he, as he went around one corner, there was a white man laying on the ground in a fetal position, and this fucker actually apologized to that man wow. and moved on. Wow. This guy should. Did he die? What do you mean? He apologized. He said. He said, "I'm sorry," because he had for previously pointing, shot him. For, no, no, for, for pointing his uh, rifle white. at him like a, because he's white. It's a color thing, right? Oh wow! That's okay, uh, it's disgusting. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, that you don't deal with that here as much, do you? Uh, no, or, not 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 to that. De- no, no, not to that degree. Like, we we so, do have uh, there there are hate crimes and it's going up uh, um, like percentage wise, you know, just like anywhere else because of copycatting well, and whatnot. But yeah, on but a I scale mean, I mean, of what's so going many, down there, there's so many motivators. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some uh, it doesn't that doesn't matter. But yeah. um, how if if Canada put automatic rifles in the hands of people like Americans? Or like America, semi-auto, or, or sorry, semi-auto, and uh, or or even, um, uh, you know, have the right to carry. If in Canada, do you think that we would have a similar situation as America? Or is our mentality yeah, or I, our motivation I, I really, the same? I, to be honest, I really don't think it's necessary. I think what we have in place um, is good. Uh, like I, I, I like that you know hunters are able to hunt. I don't like this the, the idiotic gun registry thing that they implemented a few years back because they haven't done anything. 
Uh, I don't like the fact that, uh, you know, to, to ban handguns. But to be honest, to have like these high... We've never had this issue. Yeah. No, really. we won't. We won't. And, and to have like, to be honest, like... Um, High capacity magazines. What's really the necessity for that? No, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Like, why do you need thirty shots? Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Now, right now, I think legally, um, you can't have it here. No, no, but we we can have ten, ten, ten in a, in a handgun, and five in a, and five in a yeah. in a long gun, right? Mm-hmm. So, why are they banning lever action hunting rifles? And what do they want? One shot at a time? Like, I have to load every time? I don't know. And like, but, but then, then what do you do with a shotgun, right? Exactly. Same. Like, all those do guns are going to be You're gonna, how, how do you minimize the amount of rounds that go in a, into a shotgun? What, are you going to plug the tube? I, I don't understand. Within a week of banning handguns, mm-hmm. sales mm-hmm. in Canada, every single store that sells handguns in Canada sold out. Between three and four hundred thousand guns mm-hmm. were sold within a week. Is kind of backfired. Yeah. Well, my, mine's up for sale. If anybody wants, I'll give you a good price. Mine's not. <laughs> um, yeah, I. You know what? I just, I, I, I just think that down there, they're on a different level. Uh, I mean, I, I, I understand the right to bear arms, but what kind of arms do you need? For yeah, but that's, this is happening in Canada. It, it is, but again, they're pooling us in the same... Exactly. They're, they're painting us with the same paintbrush I mean, as what's going on Do you think that's just there. like... Uh, uh, it would it just get rid of all guns? Just be well, better? but that can't happen. I mean, unicorns can't happen. That, that won't happen. You, unicorns won't happen. exist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He is my unicorn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've often said that. people. You cannot inject a dream into an argument. Yeah, it's just... Uh, I don't. I think that's a, that's a, a good far-fetched. Point. I, I don't. I just don't think that uh, a total ban is just uh, will never work. I mean, right. you will not see a drop in crime and gun crime uh, because, again, they're not law-abiding citizens of our country, and uh, and they usually reoffend um, because they get let out on bail. And uh, and I think it's just horseshit the direction that they're going, including uh, our, our uh, you know God-loving mayor. Um, um, it's yeah. It, it it's just a waste of time, and I think that the resources should be uh, allocated somewhere else to to try and uh, eliminate um, reoffenders. So on that note, um, let me inject um, acting. Yeah, the Sean. new Shani. <laughs> this is no, no. This is incredible. I think what's fun is. Okay, so before Mayor of Kingstown, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus, mm-hmm. Taylor Sheridan, uh, Hugh Dillon, mm-hmm. shout out to all those guys. This is great. It's a great. They're shooting the second season right now. They've mm-hmm. been shooting for about two weeks mm-hmm. in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out um, to Hamish. Hey, at, buddy. Oh, Hamish. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> Robert's team. The um, I, Everybody's seen the show. Everybody loves the show. Uh, got great numbers. That's why they went to second season. And uh, I don't. <laughs> I might be nominated for an uh, uh, an Emmy a couple weeks from now, but I'm not going to mention that. The um um. What did you so. did you do anything before 
Mayor of Kingstown. Yes. In the, okay, he did. In, in terms of that industry? Yes. So what happens, the way I got into that industry was kind of funny uh, indirect because uh, I, I was on movie sets as a, as a bomb tech. Sure. Right? So we're on movie sets and I just love the schmoozing and talking and to seeing like, you know, I was the on the set. The craft table. Uh, craft table is amazing. I bet we've met. Uh, oh, I'm sure we have on the, on the uh, a Flashpoint. Right? Oh, well, that's so, crazy. So, I've actually thought about this before. I'm like, man, I've, I don't know if I've ever met Sean prior to. No, that's crazy. To- so so I'm, uh, here I am. I'm doing, uh, 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 I'm on set and, and I remember the set. I, well, I remember the two actresses because they're extremely hot. Uh, one was um, that means they were very good uh, at what they did. Anna, yeah, yeah, no, they were extremely good. <laughs> uh, Anna Kendricks, on Anna Kendricks was one, and she's uh, um, I got a brain fart here. Ryan Reynolds' wife, what's her name? Oh, Mrs. Uh, Reynolds. No, no yeah, no. She's a sweetheart too, a really nice person. Ah, uh, I forget her name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really apologize yeah. because again, uh, you don't you, have to apologize. a really nice person. She oh. doesn't know your name. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah, not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yeah. yet. Yeah, once Dave, I say, I'd like that. to thank the Dave, Academy who's married for. Uh, to do... <laughs> yeah, no, oh, what's her name? Um, shit. So, so I'm on set of this movie, and uh, and I'm standing there, and I'm uh, and there was this bodyguard for the set and uh and i was pretty close to him i'm wearing my full tack so i'm very noticeable stand out like a you know like a sore thumb and i'm just doing my thing you know smiling you know, making sure that everybody's doing what they should be doing in terms of the pyro portion of it and uh, and i hear this dude and he's got an extremely strong israeli accent you can pick it up like from a mile away so i just start so i see him standing there and i slowly start shuffling over to where he's standing so he said and he and so i i entered his bubble you know because he's very like mm, and standing there and he's wearing his like funny looking fucking shirt and you know and then like slowly shuffle over shuffle over shuffle over and you can see him start to feel uncomfortable like you really see it because you're getting close oh i'm really i'm in his bubble i'm you, in this you space. know what he was thinking though. oh yeah <laughs> so then i look over to him and i said uh Mom, what's up? What I told you. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Hebrew, and he looks at me and he said, what the fuck? You know, so we started schmoozing. He said, I'm Israeli. I said, yeah, I can hear your accent from a mile away. You know, I'm one of you guys too. And we started talking and we became very friendly. So he introduces me to the company that he works for, which is out of Beverly Hills. Uh, good company. And uh, and sure enough, I started bodyguarding in the movie industry. Oh, wicked. Yeah. So, so I got... Uh, <laughs> I had some really good. Uh, uh, my first gig was it was amazing. I worked for Steven Spielberg in uh, in Winnipeg, uh, bodyguarding dogs. <laughs> Seriously? I shit you not. No, I was I was looking after the dogs of the movie. Uh, uh, what was that movie? You remember the they came out with the movie? Um, oh, dogs. Well, it was one that they had complaints that they were abusing the dogs and they were protesting in the West Coast. It was. Uh, uh, Spielberg. It was a Spielberg movie. They did two movies. This isn't Jurassic Park. No, no, no. no, no, Dinosaurs, dogs. No, no, no. Dogs, dogs. It was uh, Dog's Life. A Dog's Life. Dog's Life. Right. And uh, so then they became complaints uh, for animal activists because they were, they thought of using dogs. So then they hired me to overwatch the dogs in this movie. So anyway, so I went from that, (laughs) continued working for the company. And then, uh, um, and then I got into uh, another really good bodyguarding detail that I looked after the the crew from Lionsgate uh, Knives Out. 
So I had uh, some big names on that uh, that crew. Knives out. Knives out. Yeah, it was uh, Chris Evans. Uh, okay. You know, Miami Vice. Johnson was there. Uh, wow, cool. Um, uh, uh, Don Johnson. Did you meet him? Yeah, super, super dude. Did he have any so socks cool. on? What's that? Did he wear socks? He had socks, but he, he still rolled up the, the suit sleeves, you know, because, you know. Okay, I, I thought advice. this was going to be, yeah, he but, had socks, uh, but it, but he wore them on his hands. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, they had yeah. actually a really good uh, Tony Collette, sweetheart. Yeah, uh, she's uh, awesome. She was yeah. awesome. Uh, and who else? Uh, they had an, oh, fuck, what was his name? I, I forget the whole crew. Uh, it's all good. Uh, Fish Called Wanda. What was her name? Tony, uh, um, the Fish Called Wanda. What's well, her name? She's a uh, known Again, that's it's, it's a what is this? this Listen, stop, stop drinking. Yeah, damn. Anyways, so then from there, like you know, I got comfortable, and then I started, uh, you know, doing uh, a lot of background uh, SWAT stuff in the movies with uh, with our good friend uh, Floody. Diddy boy, to Floody. yeah, uh, miss your brother. Enjoy your boat. We hope to have him uh, here. Uh, yeah. Why are we not yeah. on your boat, Davey? Yeah, one day. One he's day. He's saying, why, why am I not? Yeah. I love no. you, buddy. Yeah. He'll he's be here. here. He's coming. He'll be here. He's got to be here. Super. Yeah. He's, a, he's a true brother, and I really love him. I miss him, to be honest. I miss you, man. Fuck. But anyways, he's he's busy. So do I. You know? um, I so don't. we got doing a lot of the uh, uh, the SWAT stuff on the movies, and I did all, you know did all, so and from there it progressed. That's very cool. And then, uh, uh, you I know. I mean, it, Floody, Floody was kind of the reason... Maybe of Mayor Kingstown too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he, uh, he recruited me. Uh, yeah, right. Because yeah. we're really tight, and, and God bless him. He he got my foot in the door, and and I'm in debt to him uh, forever, which is to kind of till like next week, and then that's it. And I'm gonna write him off. But yeah, yeah no, good. he's he he really got my foot in the door, and uh, and then uh, the the rest is history. You know, like Mayor of Kingstown was uh, an amazing experience. Uh, you guys are true gods in the industry of uh. stunting. Um, it was more amazing for me than it was for you. I guarantee it. Well, you know what? You 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 pulled your own weight. Like it's not. Yeah, we we taught you things, and uh, you but you still me. gotta have skills to do the things that I tell Give you. Give me to some do. shit. Uh, no, no, there, no. There, I, no, no I, I'm agreeing with Shawnee. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. You, I, you, I appreciate it. I get it. I work yeah. hard. I don't. No. Most, yeah, um, you know, you know what? Fuck around. Sometimes when you try and teach somebody, and again, like you know, there's a lot of actors and actresses that I would show them how to handle a firearm, and they're all great people. But you know what? It doesn't matter how much you show them; they're just not gonna be able to get it. You got it. And, well, and, thanks. And, and, and uh, you know, awesome. and uh, you know, it. you have a cowboy gait. You know the way you walk, which is great. But listen. Uh, you could stop making fun but, of me now. No, no, no. But but at the end of the day, uh, man, like you, you were like a sponge. You you took it in and 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 it worked well. And, Yo, I, uh, I take it, it real it, well. It was it was sellable. It was you sellable. Guys, you guys on Hello. camera, man. I will tell you, yeah. people, buddy, ate yeah. it up. Well, you know what? Um, uh, you're the you're the coach of the team, and and uh, like I said, you know, it was. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege to to work on Mayor of Kingstown. That launched my career, which I'm hoping that it will continue. And uh, for all your casting directors out there, Shawnee's available. Name your uh, agent. Uh, Melissa Rock. They're not going to call Sean. They're going to call yeah, Melissa. Call Melissa. <laughs> yeah. You know, the beauty about the industry, about mm-hmm. the stunt industry, yeah. probably in some way similar to your uh, previous industry mm-hmm. as a SWAT guy, mm-hmm. uh, even for me, I'm I'm stoked to have been there. Uh, every job is new. Every job is different. 
experience is uh, is everything, yeah. right? You, you know what? What we had on MOK, we're mayor of Kingstown as a tactical team, taking a bunch of guys. Well, some of us were experienced tacticians. Uh, Hell yeah, uh, man. Uh, uh, true, true brother, uh, Gord Lesby. God bless you, man. I do miss you Shout too. Shout out to Gordy. And, uh, and Casey. Yeah, and, Casey. Uh, you know, and, and our, our trainer, Adam. And, Hell yeah, uh, man. But, uh, you know, to get a group of guys in that short a time and to make it sellable that we're a tactical fix-it team for that series, uh, unfortunately, it's a shame because I think, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. That's the way the industry works, that they go south of the border. It is. But they lost, in my opinion, they lost the flavor of that SWAT team. And uh, and I know they took it out because it uh, it's not a big portion of the uh, series, so to speak, for season two, like yeah, the tactical but component. If you if you read the if you read comments mm-hmm. from the public, yeah, they love the SWAT team. You know what? Because it yeah, was sell- well, we made it. You know, uh, we it, made it, it was real, real. And, was uh, real. and 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 that's the one thing in our industry. And uh, you can't replace uh, experience. And yeah, some like uh, you know, stunt guys. God bless you guys. You know, you're amazing. Uh, but certain skill sets, it's really hard to replicate. And when, you have, and when you have guys that are so skilled in that industry, it's sellable. And you can fact check everything that we do on set for, to, for, for, to a degree. Right? You guys move. Yeah. You guys moved together mm-hmm. like a unit. Mm-hmm. For, for it me, doesn't happen. As, as a stunt guy who has used guns like a billion mm-hmm. times in movies <laughs> and, and then pretended to be a cop. Yeah. A million times, and have been in SWAT gear, yeah. SWAT gear, yeah. a million times in shows and movies. I have pictures. Uh, there, without a doubt, what I learned from you, mm-hmm. from Adam more, uh, especially being our trainer, and mm-hmm. and you and Dave and Casey and everybody right. else, and, and and Gordy. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was way beyond mm-hmm. stunts. It was beyond yeah. the industry. It was. It's taken me uh, to a new level, just even outside uh, the court. Well, you so. can take that in any other type of job that you uh, get and say, "Hey, I'm the real deal," which you are now. You're, you're the real deal in the movie industry, not in the regular world, but in the movie industry. Hey, you're the real don't deal. Don't tell everybody. Yeah. God. Yeah. Spread the word. No, no, that's true. Jeez. Yeah. You you you'll make any uh, movie that has any type of a tactical function. Celebrate. Already have, and I hired you since. Yes, guy. To be a cop. Yeah, I'm yeah. not even sure if your your like uh, your specialties uh, really yeah. played a huge role, but they. You know what? Uh, funny. Enough, it was they, great. Yeah, I auditioned for them again, and uh, <laughs> never. Uh, I don't think it panned out, but uh, it was funny uh, that you mentioned that. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm off to a, a different uh, route, and hopefully, um, it. it uh, I'm, I'm patient and uh, working on my my craft as actors would say love it and uh it's gonna happen you know hell yeah you know at minimum i'm hoping for a gemini you know uh, you know i'm not gonna stretch too far and go for like uh emmy or uh emmy, but i'm you know i'd be you know what i just want my name on a chair we don't have gemini i anymore. want like that, my name like that, on a chair like that, that no no COVID? no don't even no, do no, it no no <laughs> Don't no. even go Come there. Come on. No. I hate that. Like, okay, that, like that Hamish guy. He's got a beautiful chair. Yeah, in, which, Hamish. You know but what? he no. deserved his He's chair. Some oh, people chair. didn't. He, 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 Mr. he is such a skilled individual. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and he says hi to you guys, by the way. Uh, I did speak to him. Uh, he's, uh, cool. he's doing really well. And, uh, and yeah, we he, will get together soon as a group. He's sitting over here. 
Uh, we will get oh, together you know, as a group. We should have Hamish on. Yeah, he'd be amazing. Yeah. It'd be amazing to have him. Yeah, but no, yeah, he's he's uh, he's doing he's, okay down he's there. Doing, he's doing great. Obviously, he misses us. Yeah, he, um, because you know we're his boys. He and, texted uh, me. Hell yeah! But he he's in a he he like I said. You remember when we said you know he he was from here and now he had this couple of jumps and he's yeah. up here. He's the big time now. And uh, who knows where his ceiling is? And yeah. uh, he's an amazing actor and and a, a brother and a great dude and. Uh, I, I I miss him. I, I miss what we had, and uh, but and you know it is what it is. It's, it's well, the movie business. Everything comes to a close, uh, mm-hmm. but but uh, it's the truth in the relationships in mm-hmm. inside that remain. Right. Um, before we end this, I think three hours that yeah, has been it, going you know, on. It, it almost it almost as, as so Johnny much. was talking there he. It was like a conclusion. Well, it but it but it has le- legitimately been three hours. Yeah. Um. And of course, we're gonna have Jan as our uh, as as an. I mean, this is, first. I just want to say that uh, what you're doing for us is insane uh, to be here and to be the first guest. Um. At, without a doubt. But I was really hoping that you would just end with a story that you've already told me before. Um. I asked you about uh, kind of one of the most hilarious or, or uh, sort of scenario. You already know what I'm talking yeah, about. So can I, I we do, just I end? Do. Yeah. Are, even you, are you good with that? I, w- I was going to tell you a couple of a couple of calls, a few calls, but it's just going to take too long. Oh, like, no, no, no. Just okay. keep going. Let's so, just do it. So we always talk about what's the most like intense call that you've ever done. And, and I have one that I will always remember that it's one of those calls that – I was actually concerned and uh, and I was never concerned because of the level of training and and the solid guys that concerned I worked with. Concerned for your with. life. Yes. Okay. Um, and I've been on every team at my unit. I've worked as a, either a sergeant, team leader or a, a, a SWAT guy on every team at my unit. And I know them and they're all solid guys over the years, you know, over 28 years. But this one call that comes to mind is uh, in in the 9/11, which is a huge. That's when the world will never be the same. A few years later, I think it was 2004. Uh, uh, we, there was an event that terrorism actually came to Toronto, and they wanted to blow up some major structures in Toronto. Whoa! Yeah, maybe you're not aware of it, but the uh, the Toronto Stock Exchange was the biggest target. Uh, that they were going to blow up with uh, with a truck full of uh, um, ammonium nitrate. Yes, all that garbage. Do you know of this? Yeah. So Do you know of this? no, I just it was it was it was a big project, <laughs> a big project uh, in the GTA involving a lot of uh, services, and uh, obviously we were involved because we are the biggest uh, unit uh, in in the GTA in terms of. Uh, Is this uh, outside border terrorism? No, it's local. Okay. These are people that were okay. local, right? So they were following intelligence, said that they were going to do this. This is what was going to happen. And each team had a particular address that they were going to target. Uh, the team that I was on, uh, uh, it happened to be like my godfather's on that team, the one that baptized me, a good friend of mine. Shout out to you, their photo. And, uh, and uh, we had an address uh, in uh, Scarborough, and it involved uh, a potential terrorist. And... Um, I'll never forget it because uh, we're talking explosives and it's mm-hmm. very booby traps, all that stuff. And it, you know, when it, when it, especially where I come from, where it was just a way of life when it comes to explosives and, and you know, IEDs, which is improvised explosive <laughs> devices. 
uh, it was a way of life back there, but you, you never had it here. And, uh, and this was a, a gentleman that was known to have that. And we had uh, the paperwork mm. to, to do a hard entry on his address. And, uh, and, uh, and that was the one address, the one um, event that I actually wasn't sure how it would play out. So, you know, uh, you know, I told my, my ex at the time. There's a certain pattern yeah. with everything. Well, there is, you know, this like one was I'm a very, bit very confident in my ability and my teammates ability. So, but this one was one of those things that like, I'm not sure how this would play out. Hmm. And I had concerns about IEDs and explosives and all that stuff, right? Because this whole group, it was called the Toronto 18. That was the name of the, you know, um, yeah, so uh, that was the one call. I, I remember we ended up, I was number two going in the door. And uh, and sure enough, door goes in and uh, our target came running down the stairs. And I remember I was the first, because guy went in past the stairwell and I see him running down the stairs. And I just remember grabbing his hair. Um, and he was wearing like uh, your typical uh, Middle Eastern type outfit. And... Uh, and I literally, I remember launching him uh, off like the sixth or seventh stair because I got a hold of him and kind of brought him down like WWF style or WWE style. And uh, and then we cleared the Classic. place. Uh, yeah. And then they... they, they he took, hit both you and, and me with that. And that all those, the, all the addresses were, 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 were um, we would hit that door only when they got the truck with all the stuff that was supposed to... With the handguns and all the uh, the ammonia nitrate, like all the uh, okay. fertilizer and all that stuff, right? And uh, yeah, I'll never forget it. And that was the one call that really made the hair stand on the back of my like. I was, I was, huh. I was concerned, and uh, I ended up with a handful of hair in my hands. Wow, uh, because, really? Oh yeah, no, I wasn't letting go. But you took you took these guys down. And oh yeah, yeah. I know it was uh, himself, and uh, and I think it was his, his wife was there, and 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 a child, uh, which was you know we would treat the, those with uh, kick gloves. Sure. But he was taken down hard, and uh, yeah, and then they all went to court. Uh, some people got convicted. Uh, I think it was in Brampton. It ended up going to court. Uh, yeah, that was the one called that was the most intense. So what's the funniest? <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? We have a lot of funnies. Uh, but this particular one that we talked about, same team, uh, yeah, somewhere around that time. And uh, it was actually one of my uh, first calls on that team. Again, I was number two on a, on a, on a warrant service uh, on, a, on, a, on a gangbangers. And it was above a store. And we, you know, we, when we do the briefing, I, I, wasn't, I was just a regular operator. Uh, you know, our gun team sergeant looked at the paperwork and they got to make sure it's kosher. It's legit. You know, address is good. This is the numbers. This is the surveillance that they have. Uh, they're inside. They can hear, you know, whatever. And uh, which sometimes we now, you know, we take it with a grain of salt, some of the information. But we stuck on the door. I got the distraction device, uh, you know, in, in my hand. I'm ready to deploy it, at, uh, you know, for, for our entry. And I was number two. Uh, door goes in. Well, actually, we're staging on the door. And I'm listening. And we're all listening. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll hear a different type of music, but I'm hearing some Newfoundland music, like East Coast music, and guys laughing, and we're looking at each other, and uh, like we're making all these, like, <laughs> and the sergeant says, yeah. The address checks. All right. 
So <laughs> door goes in. I throw the distraction device. There was a wall right in front of the entrance. So it hits the wall, comes back right at my feet. I go like... Like a flashbang? Yeah, yeah. It's a flashbang, a distraction <laughs> device. So I'm like... And, and it happens it's sometimes. So it's not something that's... We're going to like, okay, Shawnee's, you know, out, out of right. the lineup. No, no. You just like hold your breath and then in you go. And, and we went in and it was just a bunch of guys from Newfoundland on the East Coast. And they got up and there's beer everywhere and, uh, and glasses are smashing and they got up and they started swinging at us and, and, uh, and, and like really took, like they put up, a, they, they thought, ah, well, let's go. And, and they're going and, 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 and I'll forget like we, so, all right, well, you know, this is, uh, it's on, right? So we take them. And I remember I ended up in the kitchen with, uh, uh, my godfather and we ended up with a couple of guys, and and obviously towards the end, they're you know it's it's gonna they're gonna lose, right? That's sure. A, and uh, and then just at, when all the dust settled, like it's it's almost like you know those Looney Tune cartoons. You got this big cloud of smoke, and you see arms popping yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was for <laughs> uh, probably about like two minutes, till all the dust settled. When the dust settles, you know noses are here and ears are here, and we call in the tactical medics to come look after these guys, and we sit them on the couch. And I remember the investigators came in and the sergeant came in. And they're like, oh, my God, what happened? And, you know, and I'm like, well, they, they started swinging. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, you know, you know, turtle run out. Like, OK, game on. Right. And it turns out that the, the address was legit. But on the warrant, so it was all kosher, but they had the wrong address. So and I remember these guys, they were like, you know, they were looking at us and saying, Oh, boy, I never got a beating like this in my lifetime in Toronto. And then, <laughs> you know, pardon my, uh, my, 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 my East Coast accent, but it was, it was, uh, it was funny. And they, they were like, we brushed them off, you know, clean them up, make sure everything was clean, put the beer back on the table. I even think that the, the investigators bought another couple of two four to, to put on the bed just, uh, you good, know, and they good. said, oh, it's okay, boys, uh, you it know. did right by them. Yeah, you have a good night, and, and, and God bless you, and whatever, and that's what they're telling us, right? And we're like, well, we're really sorry. <laughs> that's brilliant. But, uh, yeah, sometimes that happens, right? They, you know, a little bit of a boo-boo, uh, and so, it happened to be next door. So And the other guys? Well, they were next door. For real? Yeah. Oh, so, this, thing, see, this is a fight going on. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, yeah, and you know, it just uh, things like that happen. But again, at the end of the day, we're only there to serve the warrant. We just sure. got to make sure it's kosher and sure. uh, like everything is legit. And, and uh, for and, all intent and purpose, it was the right place to go. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, re- realistically, like if they weren't swinging and whatever, then sure. everything would have been fine. But uh, yeah, Newfies. that's uh, yeah, we've had God some bless them. Shout out to Newfies, but uh, yeah, no, it was good. But yeah, shit happens. But it's all good. But, uh, well, yes, and, you know, so, yeah, that was uh, the, the one of the funnies. There's so many weird calls. Well, Sean, that gives me uh, that gives good reason for you to come back and do this again. You, you know, what assuming we can do? this is a success. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You know what we can do is maybe do a, a, a SWAT call night. So you can you can bring a couple of guys back that uh, are in the industry, and we can just reminisce well, about some calls. Well, we could have Gordy in and uh, yeah, and Floody. Floody, you we, know, I mean, and, really, all these guys should come and talk. They just should. No, yeah. wouldn't uh, it be amazing to have them all sitting over there? It would. It will. Oh, fuck, it would be so insane. Yeah, that just means we have to purchase more mics and cameras. Yeah. But that's and, there's and, some good you ones. Know what? We can talk about uh, maybe next time. Four we can talk about yeah. Of that. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. can talk about some of the shootings that happened in the city. 
There's yeah. uh, my team was involved in quite a few of them. Uh, uh, Lazi as well. Yeah. Right. Lazi's right? well, uh, got a story, and, oh, yeah. and, yeah, I, we and know. I, got, I got a few of mine. Uh, you know, just because of my time at the unit, uh, I have a few good, really good ones. Um, but yeah. That's, yeah. It honestly, uh, we weren't sure how three hours was going to go by, and now yeah. it it's easy to tell that nine hours could go, and it would probably yeah. just feel just as. We have a mini series here. What's yeah, that? we have yeah. a mini series. Well, this one, yeah, and, and again, like people like hearing about uh, no, the no, reality no, it's, of uh, it's some fascinating of the, you know. from all perspectives. Uh, there's there's a bit of humor, but there's mm-hmm. also just very real stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, I'm. Uh, I just like to say, yeah, thank you for having me as your first guest. You know, I, can I carve my name into the table? Yeah, yeah, yeah have. Uh, that's actually not. Uh, a, hey, that's, oh my God, that's a great. We idea. should sharpie you in or something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you sh- yeah. sharpie uh, it in. I, I really, uh, I'm honored. Awesome uh, and, idea. Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, really, I, you know, I'm honored to be the first guest on your on your podcast, and uh, and it will take off, and and uh, hopefully we get a good listening crowd, and uh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, really, thank you, because uh, again, you guys, uh, especially you, Randy, you cemented my career. You built the foundation for my career in this industry, in the movie industry, and and, uh, and I'll never forget it. That goes the same for me. To you, be you are my uh, uh, my W coach and the, my unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And Sorry, I'm proud Catherine. of that. I'm so proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's some yeah. of the best things. Some of the best memories of my of my life. Yeah, you know, honest to God. Well, we're not done with no. the memories. Yeah, hell true no. Enough. Yeah. Um, just uh, before we end this thing, um, I believe it's Blake Lively. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much. And she's awesome. She's I a just, really nice person. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds is also awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I worked with Never Ryan met on a show. Yeah, it was good. Uh, All right. Well, that's it. Johnny, thank you for coming. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, Sean Lawrence. Ladies and gentlemen. Hell yeah. Sean Lawrence, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>